a de- whoa. Really? Oh man. <laughs> now it is. Shut up the podcast to start. No, everybody can talk. Derek isn't here. <laughs> Derek had better things to do. Yep. Florida man. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. With us as always, Sean Fall. Sean Fall. Tim Snow across the board. Absolutely. I'm Joey Bonnier. And we have a special guest, Annalise Moreau. Hello. Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. Beautiful. So, um, for this uh, week, we watched a movie called Tiefland. Mm-hmm. By directed by Lenny Riefenstahl. This was your pick, Annalise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, basically, uh, we're going to start with the uh, the story, the plot. We're going to go through it. So, uh, Tim, yeah, talk about it. Do you want to quickly just kind of give us a uh, skeleton here? Yeah, very very uh, like old world tale. I mean, it, it seemed like it was set in like the late 1700s or something like that, up in the Alps. Um, yeah, what fucking country were we in? Uh, I think it's supposed Spain. to be Spain. That's okay. It's a German opera, but it seems to have... I don't know if the original one's supposed to be set in Spain, like yeah. the opera, mm-hmm. but uh, so. the movie definitely... It was shot in Spain for the most part. Most of the exteriors were it, shot it in It was, Spain. but none of the footage that we saw was the Spanish shot footage because after the war, the French confiscated it, all of the footage, and didn't give her back the four reels of the Spanish shots. Interesting. Yeah. Well, either way, so we're up in the Spanish, uh, in the Spanish hills. Inquisition. This is yes. the, quickly is the Pyrenees. So it's that on the border of France and Spain. <sighs> Sorry. Pyrenees. Pyrenees. Um, Isn't that a foofy dog? Yeah, I think so. I like how you say it better. Uh, so we're up in the Pyrenees mountains uh, with a shepherd who is a very lonely shepherd. Doesn't like people. Uh, and it's, it's kind of an old world tale. Very, like, antiquated-seeming tale. Uh, sort of damsel in distress is going to be married off to some villainous count or something like that. Okay. I don't know. Guy looks sure. like a vampire. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Definitely vampiric. Yeah, mm-hmm. only to be thwarted by mm-hmm. our hero. Mm-hmm. The sheep herder. <laughs> yes. Shepherd. Mm-hmm. He was like if uh, Phil Dunphy and Edward Scissorhands had a baby. Absolutely. <laughs> Pedro. Pedro, Pedro. Yeah. yes, our hero. Well, no, no, yeah, Pedro, Pedro, oh. but not not him. No not vampire guy. Yeah, no, the vampire Dun- dandy. He's oh, he's, he's Don Phil, Sebastian. He's Phil yeah. Dunphy crossed with whom? Uh, Edward Scissorhands. Oh, Absolutely. a very specific Johnny Depp. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> so what uh, what happened next? Oh, that's pretty much the whole movie. Oh, that was the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I missed something. <laughs> no, that's, that's... I really so, don't feel like I did. No, it's fine. <clears throat> um, I just... Uh, I want to talk, I guess, about the uh, historical context here because this is an interesting one. It's like the longest production ever. It, mm-hmm. it, at the time, it was the longest production ever. Uh, filming started in 1940, I think, mm-hmm. and was supposed to finish in 41. Ended up, they didn't, they they didn't finish shooting until 44. Yeah, yeah. and even then, the film didn't get released. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's this really crazy character in history. You know, she's yeah, controversial to say the least. Why, why, why do you say that, Tim? Why, why would I say that? Uh, because she's perhaps, a woman, Tim? Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> perhaps she's, uh... They're always crazy. Lenny Reifenstahl, uh, is better known as the, uh, as the director of Triumph of the Will, mm-hmm. 
which is the Nazi version of uh, what's that? What's that? What's that? Why does that slip in my mind? Birth of a Nation. Yep. Yeah. Uh. There we go. Sean's got it. Yeah. Uh, so she Race was a corner. very prominent figure in Nazi society, and this film was. Uh, Annalise was telling me this film was uh, entirely paid for by Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She to used the tune her of like eight point five million. Yeah, it was um, 8.5 million Reichsmarks, which the last, from my own research, this may be different, but um, my own research says that the last known uh, exchange rate for the Reichsmark was $2.50 is one USD. So... $17 million US. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot of cash. Yeah. Um, So it's the most money that the Nazis ever shelled out just for a film, for sure. But yeah. at that time, the Nazis were pretty much paying for all of the films, weren't they? Like, yeah. And pretty much yeah. anything coming out of Germany was like Nazi-funded, regardless. Of, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, but she had special influence outside of like Goebbels had control over the uh, like propaganda and like what mm. kind of things were shown. Whereas she was like Hitler's friend of mm. sorts and had a very personal relationship with him. She had like artistic cr- uh, creativity or free- yeah. uh-huh. creative license. Yeah, yeah. air quotes gotcha. and. And so she used her influence with Hitler to establish her own production company that was like under the rug, kind of funded by the Third Reich mm. entirely. So, yeah. Yeah. And then so in 1945, when the uh, the Third Reich fell, this film was confiscated by the French mm-hmm. and, uh, and then kept for another 10 years or so. And the yeah. film was eventually released in 1954. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, so longest that, production ever up until it's not a live action picture. Well, did they uh, uh, did they reshoot stuff or just it was in the can and released it? Yeah, that's what I was. thinking. I, I don't know that I would call that the longest production. If yeah, it's just it was just sitting on a sitting shelf. On a shelf. It's kind yeah. of debated. Well, it's the uh, so hold on, I got I got oh, either way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when it was shot in the forties and they did all the post in fifty four. You know, that was pretty yeah. much it. She once she got all the footage back you know, from the French. Kind of, that's kind of the deal. So it's, I guess I can see what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's still a loophole. Longest production time in history <laughs> yeah. of the Guinness World Records uh, mm. was surpassed by the Thief and the Cobbler. Mm. Uh, which that took classic twenty nine years to make. Jesus. Yeah. What was the, uh, was it Boyhood or? Uh, boyhood, yeah. yeah. 18, 18 years? 18 years? Something like that. Know. Yeah. See, now that that's actual production time. That's like a documentary of like, you know, shooting over the course of a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Yeah, I've but got like shit that's been sh- sitting on my shelf for twenty years. I could dig it out and edit it and fucking Yeah, but are you going to get it? Like- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, but you're not French. Uh, well, the thief in the Cobbler uh, wasn't French. No one knows what was this. True. <laughs> Spanish and German. But what what are you, Sean? You are uh I'm a mutt. Ro- Romani? Um if you will. No, uh, Bohemian is the closest, but I'm uh, trying to make a segue into yeah. uh this movie here. Because they did feature the Sinti people the, mm. and the Romani. Sinti and people. the Roma yeah. people. So mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the controversy between just the fact that it was funded by Nazis, but then we also have you mentioned, Annalise, during the movie, they're using extras that were actually shipped off to Auschwitz and other camps. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and were picked up from other labor camps already. So, like, she yeah. she would have shopped around for them. And Which Lenny denied that, having gone and, like, personally chosen people there, but then long since there's been documentaries and footage has come out of her at the camp selecting the people and then... Mm-hmm. 
they got away with it by a just former saying that. Nazi lying. <laughs> it, I gotta be honest, it did make me uncomfortable yeah. during the scene because I didn't know mm-hmm. about it before I read it, the Wikipedia or whatever I read. And when you watch the scene, you're looking at the little kids surrounding the hero Pedro, and they're laughing, and they, and you're mentioning, oh, they're laughing at him. You know, he's the jeep. You know, in, in the village or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, but those kids. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it was probably the last time that the world ever saw those kids. Yeah, so it's a terrible thing. I knew nothing. I knew nothing about this movie, and then in that scene, Annalise sent me on a roller coaster ride of yeah. emotions. <laughs> where the, you were the only one who didn't nothing know before. Exactly, so, yeah. and so I mean, we were watching the scene, and everything's playing out, and I was kind of wondering why these kids were like so into him and following him. But either way, uh, she mentioned that they were all uh, you know victims of the Holocaust or whatever that were um, uh, that were handpicked by this uh, by the director. And then I'm thinking, oh, she was kind of like a Schindler. She was you know helping them and then she's like no they all went to Auschwitz after the filming was done and so that, I mean that just like completely changed the entire way I was viewing that scene like three different times within the span of a minute it was mm-hmm. rather amazing yeah that was, that's, a, that's a better uh, emotional roller coaster in this movie did so Annalise let's I'm curious why did you pick this like because this was your pick mm-hmm. um, what, what's what was the reason honestly she's always been an interesting person to me because she was originally introduced to me by a friend in college and she was described to me as the first female fil- uh, documentary filmmaker and the first person to um, to like pioneer how we uh, cover sports because she did Olympia and she she covered the 1936 Olympics. Hitler also. And um, she did, people acknowledge that she has, uh, she was very innovative in the techniques and the technical um, advantages that she used to film stuff like dolly tracking to follow runners and um, digging a pit next to pools and putting in a pane of glass so that you could drop a camera with a diver, things like that. Um, But then, you know, I'm like, that's very interesting. You told me about this person. Let me go home and like find out more about her and then I go into my own research. <laughs> That's fine. So, so, they, so she just told you as if it was just the company. Like, yeah, I don't, like I'm not sure she even knew. female film director yeah. to aspire to be. She <laughs> was just like, I was looking into female film directors. I thought that you might like to hear about this one and then I go into it and I'm just very different wow. than what yeah. I thought it would be. Yeah. So when you went home and Googled and found out more, did that change anything? Yeah, absolutely. Do you still talk to that friend? <laughs> <laughs> well, she knows now. And okay. that certainly told her. Oh, she didn't know beforehand or she was pretending no, not to no. know or was she trying to indoctrinate you? Is it- <laughs> no, I don't I just don't think she knew. I think someone had just recently yeah. told her. And well, then, this yeah. tattoo's going to be a maze. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. I think it, it definitely goes to the question of art versus artist. And I felt this way a mm. lot when the Woody Allen stuff, Roman Polanski stuff, we can go on and on. No, and on. Polanski can burn in hell. So <laughs> no, no, that's fair. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Kind of. Um, the point is that piano sucks. I don't know. I think it depends. This one crosses. That's what a, you're judging him by. Hmm? All right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I'd rather you make a joke than try, me try to make a serious point here. <laughs> no, and honestly, I hope it was. But I think that uh, I had trouble separating. And when I did see, mm-hmm. when I, I think if I know, especially this one crossed the line with the kids, mm-hmm. like kids yeah. going to Auschwitz. There's no. Funny I don't way think there was really one. any point watching this where like I was. I mean, in the beginning, I was kind of like, 
hopefully looking for like okay where's the nazi allegory you know where's the where's the, the where's quiet, the message yeah where's the where, where's no no no. where's the subtle like resistance to oh, what's going on gotcha um you were, you were looking for the pushback or the, the yeah a little bit and then like shortly into this film i kind of started to lose empathy with her where it's oh, just yeah. like um i i don't really see the the people the, the point of, of the people that are uh, trying to say that this was uh, a protest film. There's, is that, right. there's is that some out there. That, some people like in the, like from what I've read uh, in the nineties, there was a sort of a, like a revival, a of, revival of people looking at this as like an anti Nazi film, trying to say that she wasn't a Nazi and she was yeah, like, like, you know, trying to take him down like, from the inside oh, or something. Oh, there's a wolf. Like the wolves a are, yeah, something. the wolves are Nazis and so on and so forth. It's all kind of thin. Hmm. Yeah. The wolves are Nazis? I didn't quite get that. I, I was looking for it. Yeah, I saw I mean, a little bit. You know, I was... The standing up to the oppressed is kind of a very vague, general, you know, non-history-specific message. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that could be applied to certainly anything. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, but it's I don't see that. It's a story of like a bad king or yeah, a bad, exactly. bad landowner. Yeah. Or a bad... And it's not... The, the, the difference between like this and like say... Some of Polanski's movies is she she didn't really didn't do anything that nobody had done before with this. No, so, she was a woman. <sighs> well, there's that, yeah, yeah, which I was mean, remarkable uh, for the time. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I wouldn't. She's not the first female filmmaker. No, though. no, they they you know some people claimed her to be the first like female documentarian. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is she plays herself. I mean, she plays herself. She play. I mean, she's a lead actress in her mm-hmm. movies, so. As a director, she always? I think that's a deal, right? Not always, but for this one, her claim was that she just couldn't find anybody that she liked, which, you know, whatever. But and then, then I looked in the mirror and, oh my God. Yeah, she says that afterwards <laughs> she looked at the screen and regretted it, thought that she was too old. She was mm. 40 and Pablo was 25. Yeah, yeah. That was one of my favorite things about the film, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I actually was surprised that they had her age. It's generally like your Humphrey Bogarts, you know, like yeah. me, like old, grizzled, ugly fucking chodes in their 40s <laughs> and like a 19-year-old girl. I wouldn't call <laughs> her that a grizzled, s- ugly old chode. But well, no, no, no. no. I'm t- I'm, I was calling Humphrey Bogart a grizzled, ugly old chode. <laughs> actually, she looks, if she's, fo- she's 40. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she looks look look good. She looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I thought she looked 30 and the other woman, the other, I forget what her name is. Don, oh, she looked Don, like yeah. 50. Uh, Marie. Yeah, yeah I, I was unfortunately confused Actually, about there even being a difference between those <laughs> yeah. two characters. I thought she <laughs> looked maybe a few years older. I was like, yeah. wow, she's gorgeous too. I've no, you know, she still looks young and I've no, they were still beautiful. But like, I'm just saying they did. There wasn't much age separation. I think you're. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's all. They, she, they it was both, two forty year olds. One was playing fifty, and one was playing thirty. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a few years apart. But yeah, they yeah. both like you know they were acting like oh well, this one's an old maid and this one's super young. But they you know I mean. That's, you know, every TV show about a high school. <laughs> like, it's, true. it's, you know, not yeah. unheard of. Um, what it, uh, let, I don't know. I think it's interesting the way she portrays herself. Um, it I, reminded, I oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, please. Oh, it reminded me a lot of Ilya Kazan in On the Waterfront. Okay. Uh, in the way that he kind of characterized himself and the way that she characterized herself in this. I thought so. It's very, the yeah, safety. very innocent yeah, yeah. figures. And it's like, it just rings hollow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, I thought uh, she was okay until pretty much the end. Like yeah. when she starts throwing the like sort of crying tantrumy weirdness. Like there's a weird shift, and it's 
fucking noticeable. Like we, it's uh, almost a jump cut where we're like looking at her and then we cut to a slightly side angle and she just like throws herself against the bed and just starts kind of wailing. And like everything just kind of gets crappy with her acting from that point on. Everything before that was like- I didn't find much of the acting overall. It was, it, it did the job. Um, it was spotty. Yeah. 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 It was just very showy. It just felt like yeah. a performance tuned to theater, not a performance tuned mm-hmm. to cinema. But that was all of them, so yeah. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I just, it was. It, I mean, this is an opera or if anything, you yeah. know. It, it, yeah, I, well, okay. I mean, it was originally enough. But I think I agree, actually, with you, Sean, that it did get a little sloppy at the, at the end. Yeah. yeah. It kind of did get that. Um, I wonder if I, they shot the film chronologically. Be interesting. I'm not sure. Oh, just because so I mean everything like, was yeah, falling yeah. apart near the end. Just literally, yeah. I highly doubt that they were shooting it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, they had to, maybe like, she just had during the war. Yeah, I don't know though. Um, it bothered me. I'm going to say this: I, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> the portrayal of women uh, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she portrays women as what a are you about? <laughs> as a prize to be won. Uh, yeah, and then she's happy about it. Uh, what, what the fuck? Well, he loves her. I mean, but she's what else like, is there? she's pissed off about it at first, and then <laughs> it is, it is it interesting that like when yeah. she gets yeah. carte blanche to make a film, she chose to make this. But like, I mean, the, there's something to be said for the time, and there's something to be said for making something for a specific audience. And I don't know that women's liberation was necessarily the the biggest fight to be fought at that point in time um i i I don't know i you know it's possible that like her just being a director was the step that needed to be taken not necessarily her portraying women fairly on screen um you know to defend nazis and all (laughs) um annalise did it bother you um yeah very much so you know uh She's a woman who herself always portrays herself as strong and independent and able to like get places and get things done. But when you look behind the curtain, the reason that she does that is because Hitler fancies her. He, she wrote, she met him by writing him a letter and then he like happened to be a fan and just called her in, like have a talk with her and everything. And he advanced on her and she rejected him and, and then they just kind of became friends after that. So it was, it's basically kind of the same thing. She, she gets to those places by using that, that extreme femininity, which makes me, un, you know, uncomfortable. Yeah. So is this not how she portrays herself in the other movies that she's made? I'm not really sure. Oh, you, you just mentioned that she's normally strong. You're just talking more just about like her. Just like her, her, her personality. Yeah, her, yeah. her outside, her true self. Gotcha. Her, her, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this feels like an opera from before even the Nazi era. It feels like the 20s or even the 19th century. And yeah. It's- yeah. Um, I think it's it's actually like a, it's a German film directed. or um, mm-hmm. It was an opera. And then it was turned into a play, and then it was turned into this film over the course of like. Three and it was decades. the third time the film had been made. I know that it was a so. silent film. Uh, oh yeah, I even in saw the twenties. Yeah, googling and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it has that feel, and and maybe it's just that's the side effect of having such an old story is that the woman in the story is simply treasure. I think it's also that it's a period piece too. Yeah, like mm-hmm. every period piece in this era mm-hmm. is like the characters are really flat and it just looks like a low budget stage play yeah 
Well, they're all, you know, kind of uh, recreations of old folk tales mostly. Yeah. So I assume mm-hmm. that's where this comes from as well. And, you know, that most of those old folk tales were those sort of one note. There is a hero and there is a woman that needs to be saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you save the kingdom by saving the woman. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Yeah. Brunhilda. It was even the same thing in the film. Not you saw cool. her, you know, um, go up to, what is it, Don Sebastian mm-hmm. and... He was like being all fancy with her. And then she was like, I have a request. Go talk to the peasants. I don't know. It's just kind of reflected in a lot of different places. Yeah, it is very medieval. It's like the, uh, the king is going to be evil and fuck up with the, pe- fuck the peasants, fuck, you know, the, everyone. And the, the woman, the queen is the one who gives the mercy yeah. or convinces the king to mm-hmm. be merciful, if you will. It's very, it's Game of Thrones. It's, it's every, yeah. you know, it's mm-hmm. repeated over a lot of motifs if you will I, I mean it's interesting it's just I, I get a little disappointed because she had an opportunity but mm-hmm. then again you're like it's literally during Nazi era Germany if she does anything you know straying from the line I'm sure she's mm-hmm. at the very least exiled mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure the idea of making any movie that would be anti-establishment would be frowned upon at that time mm-hmm. regardless of you know now that doesn't excuse the, overthrow. Oh, i'm sorry it doesn't mm-hmm. excuse the propaganda parts the, the triumph of the wills For but sure. but because if she just made these kind of films i'm like okay you're just trying to portray german folklore in a positive light okay mm-hmm. i get it at least it's, it's almost like it's wagner you know well except, well except for wagner's horrible writing about jews but, but take that <laughs> aside uh if it's just wagner's beautiful uh music about so there you can separate the artist from the art no i can't <laughs> it's t- uh, no, I can, I can. I, it depends what it is. I can, I can listen to Wagner. It's fine, but uh, this is. I have trouble. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I, go, I went in and out because the scenes where mm-hmm. I saw the kids, where I saw the, I knew the extras were were part of it. Mm-hmm. I was taken out. The scenes where it wasn't, I was like, okay, I can kind of forget it. It's just old school filmmaking. I don't know. I was able to kind of forget certain mm. elements. I I kind of saw the whole film as a bit toothless, but I also like. I mean. I understand that she made this film in, in a really repressive era. Yeah. But I, I wasn't able to like divorce myself from the fact that it's like, okay, this is being funded by Nazi Germany. Okay. Including actual then, live slave labor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a hard one to mull over. <laughs> so, yeah. Sean, you mentioned her acting got kind of worse towards the end. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the other guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Pedro. What'd you think of Pedro? Annalise. Mm-hmm. Um, Was I mean, Pedro I the have... blonde one? The curly yeah, he's the well, hero. He's the shepherd. Curly hair. Yeah, her, oh, curly the, hair. the shepherd. There the we go. The guy that always looked gnarly. Yeah. yeah. But he, was, he was beautiful, though. I mean, I guess. Those crazy, crazy eyes. eyes. Yeah. Every time he said something to her, he had those hairs. Yeah, that's true. Eyes. Yeah, he did have a really expressive brow. Those creepy wide-angle close-ups where he's just kind of like staring her down. And, yeah, I don't yeah. think the camera's doing him any favors yeah. there. Yeah. Sure. What is, yeah, does she think that's like appealing? Well, I don't no, know. She was creeped out the whole time until he said she loved him. Yeah. But we're still supposed to kind of like him. We right? are, yeah. 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 You know? That, yeah. That's just a poor camera choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, they do also open up on characterizing him as kind of like a sheep fucker. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's there's, some, there's, there's a some implication. Uh, especially yeah. when he's in the. In the uh, inn. Yeah, he's at the inn with the room, room full of uh, lovely young ladies, mm-hmm. and they're all throwing they're themselves slaves. at him. Yeah, yeah they, were, they? they were gypsies they were, from yeah, camp. Oh, oh, Roma. Yeah, 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 actually, not in the movie, but mm-hmm. yes, in yeah. real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and there's like all these implications that, like, uh, yeah, he's he's good on his own, and then, you know, when he's leaving, the one she makes. She at him? Yeah. <laughs> 
that the first time. Oh, that was man. great. Some I of the hottest it. ADR in the whole picture. <laughs> and it was really clean. It was nice. It was a good, it was a good <laughs> sheep sound. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciated that. Um, Okay, so any of the other acting, Don Sebastian, he's a, whatever. He's I like, thought he was yeah. like, ah, it was Typical. good casting, I guess, because he was really visually interesting as a villain. He was like you a know, good he had that classic era. sharp yeah. face and like that crazy fucking hair. Yeah. Uh, it I was, feel like all these guys trained for silent film. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I mean, yeah, like silent film or theater, just yeah. like it was a big performance totally. by, by actors and big get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. too special. There yeah. were good moments. I got to say, I did like some moments. Um, like you know, what? I, I, I'm trying to remember specifically. There wasn't a ton, but there was moments like where like- Like the slap fight? I, <laughs> the, the, no, the knife- Don't talk about that. The stabbing scene in the slap fight was, <laughs> that was the bad. best shot of the film. <laughs> I loved it. Visually, you might be right, but- oh. Well, it was just, it was the most tense shot of the film. I was really on the edge of my seat in that shot. You know, it was like the end of, uh, it was like the end of Saving Private Ryan. Like, <laughs> I actually did get some vibes of right? Adam Goldman getting stabbed in oh, Saving exactly. Private Ryan. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder that. if it's an homage. This is predicting what? future homage. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I wonder if <laughs> homage to the future. Adam Goldman getting stabbed. <laughs> I don't think it's that crazy that Spielberg watched this and, and yeah, thought and about did it. Didn't homage to yeah. a Nazi there's, fucking film. There's rumors that Titanic first of all, that the knife that he gets stabbed with is the Hitler Youth knife that he gets earlier in the film. So there's oh, I didn't realize it was a Hitler Youth knife. Yeah, he gets yeah. it right after D Day from oh, uh, Vin yeah. Diesel. And oh, he gets stabbed right. with it later in the film. He gets stabbed with his own knife. Whoa. So there's the, Spielberg isn't above symbolism as well, I'm sure. Full <laughs> circle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Anywho. Um, this else? actually, there's oh, a, there's a rumor that, uh, like, it, it was, uh, the, I read that it was a rumor by some filmmaker that or some producer that has done absolutely nothing. I looked up his career. But uh, a rumor that, that like, Titanic kind of lifted this story a little bit. Like a yeah, like a rich, uh, a rich oh. young. She has to choose between an. Woman has to choose oh, between like you know money and money and power, but like kind of an asshole or like true love with a layman. I suppose, but that's just such a generic I think it, old. I feel like that one's all over the place. The yeah. love triangle, where one way is poor, one the, way is rich. Yeah, that feels like one of Sad the oldest happy. stories the ever. The yeah. Yeah. Deciding who to marry. That's why we came up with forced marriages. Mm. Is that why? <laughs> a higher percentage work out. What do you think about oh. that, Annalise? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So let's uh, let's go to a game. Uh, unless we got any more with the characters and the acting, but let's well, let's go to a game. Come yeah, on. The thing. That's enough for me. Hit the, hit, the, hit the intro. There we go. Derek usually has the control of these buttons. Oh, so. I wasn't ready. I didn't study for this test. Lady and gentlemen. Are you ready to guess the gross? Yep. Today we're going to be looking at a few movies in the uh, female director range. Uh, we're going to be guessing the domestic total gross box office. So, uh, Sorry, hold on one second. Annalise, you got to write them down. So oh, go on your computer right now. They don't now. trust okay. you. No, I don't trust you. He is, I'm uh, very competitive. Yeah, yeah that's true. I want to win. That's true. And we don't want any prices writing, so we got to make sure that... Everyone is on the same page. Uh, I write, I write it down. And I trust guessing you. Just, along. Yeah, put it on your computer screen. So, Just write your guess. Oh, okay. That's all. Yeah, yeah so we're guessing the total the gross. domestic gross of chick flicks, otherwise known as movies with female directors. 
So is that really? Wait, I don't, don't think that that's. I don't think that's a thing. Show. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for the sake of time, I'm, I'm gonna let this slide. I'll come back to this. Let the record show I object. Okay, we'll come back. Sean, go All forward. right, so. You'll know when you're in it. In 2008, Catherine Bigelow directed The Hurt Locker. Okay. What year, I'm sorry? 2008. 2008. 2008. Oh, right on the face. You guys love to tell us Total this. Domestic <laughs> Total, Total domestic gross? Total domestic gross. Total domestic yeah. gross, yes. All right, I'm it was. Bigelow, it was right on the, the cusp of the crash. But All right. I am going. as big as before the bubble burst. Uh, Joey. Are you writing yours down, oh, Tim? I'm wait, sorry. Wait for Tim. Do we have answers? Okay. Okay. I'm going to get a Timmer first. I'm going to guess $76 million. $76 million, says old Timmer. I'm going to go $95 million. $95 million. Elise? I feel like $75 million is a good safe $75 million. Really? Yes. Well, it's, it's a much more round number. <laughs> I mean, a, you know what? I got to double check this because you guys are way the fuck off unless I'm not right. But uh, let's see here. What do you think? What is it? Say no. I don't have a great gauge. Double check. I, you know, I think I might have fucked this one up. Let me double check. No, I did not fuck this up. You guys are all way the fuck off. 150 million. 17 million dollars. Damn. The Hurt Locker 2008. Which one was that? Okay. Is that? uh, I was thinking Jarhead. Yeah. There was, was a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was a lot of those that time. It was a very I, zealous time. Uh, Hurt Locker was up for an Oscar, though, so I think that uh, gives That's it a... That's not necessarily a, a moneymaker, though. No, no, but in your mind, I think it inflates the total box of... Oh, I suppose so. Gross. I suppose yeah. so. You yeah. just heard it a lot. I, I also was thinking... I was also thinking Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. <laughs> That's really what sells tickets. Is it? Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Go with no. it. <laughs> All right. Persons. A family... On the verge of a breakdown. In 2006, Jonathan Dayton directed Little Miss Sunshine. But you said Louis directed by women. Wow. Yeah. yeah didn't you? I did. Ooh. Wow. Even in the female oh, in category. The, Jonathan Dayton and they Valerie can't even get representation. Ah, it is a directing duo. Okay. Gotcha. Fine, fine, fine. I, I, I didn't mess up that bad. So Jesus that was uh, 2006, Little Miss Sunshine. Right. Uh, Joey. I'm going 23. MJ. 23 million dollars. MJ, bring bring it home, MJ. Annalise. 50 million? 50 I'm million dollars with a question mark. <laughs> Tim Snow. I had 32 mil. 32 million dollars. Let's see here. Actually, we got one that's pretty close. Annalise takes it with 50. The total was 59 million dollars. Not bad. All right. Yep. Especially for an indie flick. Steve yeah. Carell yeah. was big at the time. Mm. I remember it getting a lot. Of- yeah, it was one of those, like, it was a really popular time for that kind of movie. You know, yeah. like, oh, it's all pastels and it's funny, but it's sad. Like, <laughs> I was not a big fan, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I thought the movie was okay. It's no Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> Fuck Wes Anderson. <laughs> of course. There's always one. When you can live forever. What do you live for? In 2008, Catherine Hardwick, Hardwicky, directed Twilight. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. The first 2008 one, right? Twilight. Yes, the original Twilight. Yep. Mm. 
the uh, oh no, it was uh, Fifty Shades was Twilight fan fiction. Twilight was not Fifty Shades fiction. That would be weirder. Fifty Shades was Twilight fan fiction. Fifty Shades originally started as Twilight fan fiction, and then they just changed a couple of the names and printed it as its own book. It actually made some uh, some historical precedent in copyright law because the apparently the judgment was that the characters were so vague they could not constitute a copyrightable character. <laughs> so changing the name was enough to award that to be its own independent thing. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting back to Twilight in two thousand eight. Joseph Bonnier. $147 million. $147 million. Tim Snow. $140 million. Definitely $140. Annalise. I want to say like $160 million. And not quite enough, but Annalise takes it again. It is $192 million. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a thing a right there. A lot of people are waiting for that one. A classic. All right. People persons. Only the act of true love will thaw a frozen heart. In 2013, Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee directed Frozen. Mm. Oh, boy. Yes. Disney's Frozen. Made wanted- just so people would stop searching for Walt Disney's head frozen. Hey, okay. That's um, the conspiracy theory. Again, we'll go with it. It's actually, yeah, there's a lot of people that are, you know. Put that one on ice, Sean. Yeah, Disney on ah. ice, sorry. Hey, it's a, it's a real thing. You do it. Check it out. Uh, 2013's Frozen. Hold Tim Snow. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, go ahead. Disney 162 million bucks. Whoa. 162 million dollars. Annalise? I'm going to go with 190. 190. Joseph Bonnier. I said 169. 169. None of you have anywhere near enough faith in the Disney machine or the mouse. It came in at 400.7 million dollars. My first guess. 200. <laughs> you won regardless. That's, that's, insane. that's the highest we've ever had. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. That has to be, yeah. That's by far. We've never had anything in the 200s, I don't think. Maybe uh, maybe one. Gentlemen. So much money. And lady, my apologies. Power, grace, wisdom, wonder. 2017 directed by Patty Jenkins. We have a Wonder Woman. Hmm. 2017's Wonder Woman. The first movie starring a female superhero that didn't exist because Captain Marvel was the first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Bunny in 2017. What did Wonder Woman make? I have no fucking idea. I've guessed a lot though this time. I guessed 243. $243 million. Tim Snow. That's a caliber of rifle. Uh, 183 million. 183. Annalise? I'm going to give it 500 million. That's fucking crazy. You know what? She might be right, honestly. Annalise is kicking all of your asses. No way. It is the closest. It came in at $412 million, oh. which does put that at the highest box office gross of this game. It is a fucking buttload of money. <laughs> I mean, I was yes. pumped for it. It was decent. I did not catch it. Was it. it was, it was better than right. Captain Marvel yeah. for sure. I liked Wonder Woman a lot. I liked Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, she had a Nine Inch Nails shirt on. I felt, you know, I felt seen. Which yeah, hairdo was no that? For no reason. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I felt seen. I'm just a girl. That was, oh man, that was 
far and above the worst part. Of Wonder the movie. Woman was classy. It was yeah. a period piece. It was good. Didn't see it. I gotta see it. Is it a pun? It's probably on HBO. I tried. Um, yeah. Oh no, that Jesus, no. No, 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 He's hip, he's cool, and he's the, he's only three months old. In two, th- I'm sorry, in 1989, directed Look by Amy Hecklinger, he- he- Heckerling, Heckerling, there we go, Amy Heckerling. Give her the respect she deserves for Look Who's Talking. Wow. Ah, I got it. Bruce Willis. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I love this movie. That is Bruce Willis. And uh, um, who's the other guy? Oh, fucking... Um, well, it was Bruce Willis, and then the, the lady was... Uh, or maybe that was just the sequel uh, that had... Uh, oh, Kirstie Alley. Kirstie, Kirstie Alley. Oh, John Travolta. John Travolta is the actual They're human. The oh, and, yeah. And uh, Bruce Willis is the voice of the baby. John Travolta of phenomenon fame. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Clearly, and, that's and what powder. he's known for. Yes. And, uh, um, <laughs> oh, my see. God. I didn't even make a guess. I'm sorry. Give me one In second. In 1989, oh, look who's talking. Not look who's talking to, not look who's talking now, but look who's talking. Okay, thanks Babies, for the hint. Shut not up. dogs. Shh, 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 shh. Stop hinting. <laughs> I'm just trying to kill time when you write fucking numbers down. We got it. Jesus Christ. Joey, give me a goddamn number. 42. 42 Fuck, dude. The answer to dollars. everything. True. The ultimate answer. What Sean says. Tim Snow. $45 million. $45 million. Uh, and at least. I'm going to go with 38, but I feel like it's. 38 year well, feeling spread the is correct uh, unfortunately uh, Tim Snow does take it with 45 yeah. and yeah. you guys are off by an order of magnitude at 140 million dollars fuck yeah was a that wow. was that was a hit for that would have been a blockbuster in 1989 <laughs> I feel like the, the the gross doesn't mean as much these days because the like US currency oh. is so there we go Oh, yeah, that hasn't been working. I've been trying to do rim shots this oh, whole yeah, time. because the, the volume is down because I had to fucking feather it and whatnot. Yeah. Well, yeah. once again, Sean has effectively derailed my train of thought. That's what I do best. Absolutely no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for that game, Sean. But now we get to the boring Glissando corner. Where I actually caught a Glissando in this. <laughs> do tell. I forget what part it was. There was a um, I love Jesus. That's not my... <laughs> that's Joey's glee sound. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Um, I did... There was a ton of them. Now, here's the thing. Uh, let's start talking with the music since you mentioned it. What do you think of the music, Annalise? Let's just ask you. What, did you like this piece of music? You actually had a really astute comment, I thought, during the movie. Uh, I mean, I guess I thought the music was okay. To me, it kind of like blends together with a lot of pre-60 movie Mm, kind of like long soundtracks, I guess. I don't really know. I don't have a good description. Well, you music. said it was generic, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Like it, it sounds like a lot of the, yeah the other stuff that you would hear. Yeah, yeah. I could hear a lot of like stuff you might want to copy. Um, yeah. So it felt like someone went to music school and just paid attention for the first class, mm-hmm. uh, which is okay. You know, they were doing a lot of good light motif. Meaning you only need three notes, man. In some ways. And that's really what they did. They used four notes for this one motif for the I main character. Sorry, you said three, but I made four. Um, but I think they did a good job of using the motifs. They were mm. just very simple. And they were a good job at kind of changing the motifs, tweaking them, and, you know, adding them at certain moments. You know, when we see the sheep, we'd have the sheep motif. When we see the, you know, the fucking shepherd, we have the shepherd motif. We see the bad guy, we have his motif. Which is all good. It's just that it's really simple. And um, I don't know. That kind of bugged me. Tim, did you did you give a shit about the music? 
Uh, no, I, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I just called on you because you were on your phone, like like a, like a teacher just did. You were you were being distracted on your phone. And I, was, I was reading through my own notes. <laughs> I just did look at the very about my review. Thing. Yeah. It's your glissando you corner. You know what I'm not getting a soda. It's fine. I just Wait wanted a minute. to shame you. Anybody want a soda? <laughs> yeah, I would like a soda, please. All right. Talk, yeah. talk more about the music, Joey. Yeah, never be. Anyways, it was very much. I thought it was very interesting too because we could talk a lot about cultural appropriation. In this movie, um, Lenny Riefenstahl obviously is not a gypsy, as far as I know. She's no. not a Roma. She's no. not a, a, a Sinti. She no. is a German, uh, and she was the gypsy hero. She was the Roma hero, mm-hmm. um, doing the dance, playing the music, mm-hmm. uh, doing the thing, appropriating a lot. The music itself, when we they were doing the guitar, it was very again derivative. It was a very like simplistic version. It was like a cheap copy. It felt a lot like that. And I thought also interestingly when they were using a lot of these flutes and these glissandos that actually he was talking about earlier, Tim, it was very corngold esque. You know, and we hear it now with John Williams, these quick flutes that go up in in pitch. Yeah. And it was like they were copying uh, Viennese Jew. Absolutely. And I, and I love that. I'm like, not only are you copying Roma. You're copying the Jews. It's Gusano And it's very disrespectful <laughs> to those people. Which <laughs> <laughs> people are those Jews, Honestly, it's this side of the table. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, uh, the God's honest truth is she was literally appropriating. Uh, right. and, I, and I don't know, it kind of bugged me, not just on a musical level, because <laughs> it was a cheap copy, but mm-hmm. it, you know, on a personal level a little bit. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it was just a little bit rude, especially considering what was happening to the extras and she knew. Yeah, I think there was some, knew. some, like, there's some other bones to pick. There is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think it's, it's on the, top of everything. Yeah, of That's the list all. of grievances, that is definitely... Well, I'm just trying to th- put this in context, because, like, she was <gasps> appropriating their music and culture dancing. Mm-hmm. While knowing that these people that she was putting in her movie were going off to camps. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, like, she listed this film, or, well, she she... Made a point to say that none of her films were political in nature, but she mm-hmm. referred to this film as uh, her, quote, inner emigration, which is a term that uh, came about in post-World War II um, to describe the way that people that stayed in Nazi Germany, uh, like poets and writers and so on, uh, like rebelled silently or mm. something, okay. which just like yeah, seems like bullshit. It's interesting you say that, too, because she started the script in 1932 and then stopped. She shelved the script to do the Nuremberg rallies. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to transition this back to sound in some way. Uh, okay, so Sounds I'm, like you're going to have a hard time doing that. Nice. Okay, I'll say this. You mentioned silence. Um, it worked I, that time. I hated the silence of the finale. Okay? Yeah. yeah. This what the fight? The slap fight. Oh, the, God. The I night- loved that. What the fuck? Not no. only is there no foley of... Fo- there's barely yeah. shuffling. There's no it's even breathing. Feet. And what's um, so stupid is earlier in the movie, they were great at this. They were adding great mm-hmm. like the wolf threats. fight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, just the deep ASMR sounds that we were getting, these close mic sounds. I was like, wow, okay, not not bad. Adding these breath sounds does add a lot of life to these basically silent shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. And it, it, it was really good. They just didn't do it in the finale. They also fucked up music-wise. The whole purpose of leitmotif is to use a coda. And that's at the finale of your movie. The fuck's you, a coda? A coda is a finale. At the end, you basically throw everything together in one big stew. Mm. And you get a nice finale. Like a melting pot. 
I'm sorry. You're right. We forgot to talk about this earlier. But <laughs> tune in the Palatinkering. Yeah. That's a defunct, <laughs> defunct show. Anyways, the point is that at the end, you throw everything together in a big pot, and that's the whole point of all these themes. They didn't do it until the f- absolute last shot when they're walking into the sunset. And that bothered me. I'm like, during the absolute time you should do this is when the bad guy fights the good guy. Mm-hmm. You have the bad guy theme and the good guy theme, and you mosh everything them together. Comes together and-, and you go, okay, the good bad guy's winning. Let's hear the bad guy theme a little bit. The good guy's winning. Okay, the good guy's theme gets a little bit louder. It's a wonderful play between the sound and it's subtle, and it's what basically Lord of the Rings does. So watch Lord of the Rings instead of this movie. I thought I thought it was probably the most interesting part of the movie. It's a, oh, and it was. I'm just a, I'm upset that they didn't take advantage of it and use music to heighten it. Yeah, it was level. decently choreographed, but it's like, have you ever watched the Rocky fights with the sound off? No, it changes everything. <laughs> I've never watched the Rocky fights. Uh, yeah, it, especially oh, that hurts my Philadelphia heart. Oh, dude, have you watched it? Like, it, I love it, the Rocky fights. Oh, he hasn't watched it. I'm yeah, getting a little hard thinking yeah. of it. Do you, do you have to go run up the steps and jump just in? I his do it all honor. the time. Yeah, Every time yeah. I'm back in Philadelphia. But if you watch those fights, they, they are very um, engaging. But if you turn the sound off, you literally see every whiff in every miss. So it's it you, the sound is actually what sells those as oh, being sure. actual mm-hmm. fights. Yeah. And when Clubber Lang misses, you hear a whoosh. Exactly. Like, you know. Yeah. And we weren't getting that with the knife yep. sounds. We just weren't. And it would have sold it so much more. And would they made that moment into the saving private Ryan moment, honestly. Yeah. And the, the, the sub scene was they were capable. That oops, excuse me. Maybe I, it was I just I how like mumble. interesting that last shot was that really sold me. I do like like thinking back is like the beginning of it was pretty comical because it was like just basically bad blocking. Understood. Yeah, I agree. I think the, that yeah. and the entire concept of the fight is weird. The whole like wrap up your arm thing and grab a dagger. It's very thriller. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. They should have handcuffed is each other. Is that like some kind of traditional fighting method or something? Well, it made total sense at the beginning of the movie when he was fighting a wolf uh, yeah. because you jam it in the wolf's mouth and then you can stab it. But the guy's supposed to like represent a wolf, but like I think yeah, that's like, a weird way to. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Unless it's like a traditional fighting style or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's very, it seems very Count of Money Christo-esque, but also I I know nothing about that era. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's dually, you know, it's like taking your lightsabers and hitting them against each other and sort of, yeah. Maybe this is, maybe this is more accurate. Maybe we're just spoiled by all the fucking, uh, uh, assuming that everyone from those time periods knows how to handle a sword. Maybe they're all just, you know, dainty fucking sheep herders and, you know, you put a knife in their hand and they're just going to slap fight. Yeah. Uh, I want to also talk about the background sound and how it kind of changed a lot of stuff. They had a pretty good stuff, a lot of scenes with like utensils and glasses and the dinner party. Some walla of crowd noise was really nice. But they well, they did something interesting. Like when he started the fire, um, Pedro, and she was in the room with him, they had the fire going really loud. You know, nice sound of it. And then all of a sudden, it, it basically went away when the dialogue got intense. Mm-hmm. Did that bother you guys? Did you appreciate? Did you like that it went away? Did it, Did you think about it? Did it? I'm curious. I cannot say that I noticed it, but I'm not really. Okay. Um, it wasn't a big eyesore or ear sore, but it was um, the lack of anything is always noteworthy to me. So like when, when it's just dialogue or when it's just back, uh, just a specific sound without it being contextualized in a soundscape, yeah. it does stand out as a sore thumb to me. I thought it would have been nice. It was almost... Uh, you know, a Khaleesi 
th- you know, fire in the background, crackling kind of moment. It would have been nice to use that fire. Um, I don't know. I, it felt weird. But then again, sometimes you just take it away because the dialogue's important. You know, I think that's a, it's a choice. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because also they did it completely well. I thought at the other scene when um, Lenny came back in like a like a angel, you know, and there was thunder and lightning and and uh, wind. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> I think that's my move along. Thing. <laughs> that's your Oscar music, but I just want, okay. Let me finish that one thought. Our, I actually thought it was an interesting <laughs> thought. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Joey. Well, they were using the background sound in terms of her character. So she, I guess, she had a turnaround moment. That's when she was like, oh, I love you, Pedro, which didn't make sense, honestly, in my mind. But at least it had this thunder in the background that kind of sold the moment. Whereas before it was like, take away the fire, take away everything. Hmm. I don't know, there was two choices there and it was inconsistent. I just didn't understand the choice involved. Okay, apparently I'm the only one who cares. That's that's well, that makes you sense. Know, no, it was that a thoughtful sense. thing. You know, we're all taking time to reflect, listeners yeah. included. Um, okay, I have so much more. I know you guys are not interested, so I guess we're gonna move on. Fine. What's the? Uh, well, no. Interested? <laughs> you know? No, I don't feel like fucking pander yeah. to him. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't I want to make you feel a little guilty. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, you don't have anything. No, I do. I have a lot. I want to talk about the effects in the foley. Oh, then do it. Yes. Okay. Do tell. The animals were really bad, and like the wolf at the the beginning. The wolf was weird. It was like that whole bit. That whole wolf bit was. I also I don't know how okay that wolf is. I know that it was a a half trained wolf. Is what I do. Yeah, I remember reading that. Yeah, Hmm. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if like there was a disclaimer credits about the animal safety. Oh, I'm sure many animals were harmed in this production. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Well, I mean, if the extras were harmed, I, I think mean, it's yeah, fair. That's, to, yeah. Oh. The that, tracks. It's also the style of the time, though, so it's not like a Nazi thing. Like, we yeah. were killing tons of animals Because we were, yeah, movies. watching Stagecoach. Yeah, how many exactly. horses died in the filming of Stagecoach? Totally. Yeah. yeah. But either way, Joey, how did it sound? <laughs> it sounded like a horse dying. Well, I also hated those puppy whining sounds on yeah. the same lines. I thought this is so realistic. They must have fucked up a puppy or a little actual dog yeah. and recorded it. Yeah, yep. some real Milo and Otis shit. What are you gonna do? Just sit there and wait for the dog to cry? No. I thought about that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like either this is the most patient sound mixer in the world, or he's the evil fucking sound mixer. I have to believe it. Yeah, either, yeah, it's either one or the other. So he's evil. He's probably you know hitting the dog. Nobody's got that kind of time. Yeah, dude, they were working with Mangala. Like I, you fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, let me have this. Nazi Germany, dude. There is one sound mixer in Nazi Germany who's the savior. He's, he's just super. He's dope. just really cool, and he loves animals. No, that doesn't exist. Still hates Jews, but loves animals. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> Jewish animals loves loves those Jewish. He saves all the Jewish pets. Mm. Uh, okay, I don't know where the fuck I'm going from here. Jewish pets is a tough transition. It is. Are they circumcised? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. Yeah. Yeah. Is neutering the same as circumcised? It's just a it's big close. Close. I mean, you're, Yeah, you're neutering the scrot. <laughs> kind of two yeah. separate surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, no, yeah, you're you're circumcising the scrot rather. I don't think that's how <laughs> that's that works. What this podcast should be called: circumcising the scrot. Circumcising <laughs> the scrot. 
uh, I guess we can talk a little bit about the dialogue and the, the sync issues. There Speaking was some, of circumcising the script. There were some sync issues that bothered me. The ADR was weird. Even the German didn't match up. You a tell. lot of this film seemed like something that had been shelved for a bit too long. You know, film's not a fine wine, so it doesn't doesn't age well if it's just sitting, I don't think. Like, I don't, was it the rip, do you guys think, with the with the frame rate being all Possible. fucked up? Possible. So it, it was either the rip or, like, it just seemed like, like the film was kind of damaged in, in the time that it uh, sat. Yeah, that having been said, I don't really know how film ages. Yeah, there weren't a whole lot of options available with uh, procuring this uh, this particular film. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how well it's been cared for through the ages or how well any transfers have been made or cared for. Fair, yeah. It's not like Criterion picked this one up. Exactly, yeah. Um. All right, let's let's be done with my stupid corner here. No one cares anymore. And so, that's been Joey's Glissando Corner, everyone. <laughs> um, I love it's Jesus. Good. It ends it ends the proper way. On, on in my shame. Wow. So wow. it was good. You did a good job wow. this time. Thanks. Yeah. You know what? That brings this podcast up my keeps confidence. getting better and better. <laughs> Check out the next episode, folks. It'll be great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's move on to something slightly more fun. If we were to cast it today, uh, you know, which actors will we pick? Bet Midler. If the movie's going to be the exact same way that it is. Sure. Yeah. Who would you pick? Bette Midler is the director. She has to write it, direct it, oh. and star in it. Mm. Is there a reason why? No. She's not she's singing. Than Lady Gaga. My, that's like casting, yeah, it's casting a singer when she's not singing. It's a little weird. It's fair. Bette Midler's an actress. She is an mm. actress. She's decent. She's in a lot of stuff. I like the I, idea of putting a Jew in there, gotta I, be honest. Oh, Barbara like, Streisand? Not her. <laughs> <laughs> I do think uh, Ms. Malibu? there's other Jews to pick. Vampire Fancy Pants should be uh, Nick Cage. Oh, that'd be lovely. Wouldn't Good it though? Because then you could get some sweet Cage yeah, rage yeah. in there. Good yeah. hair too. He would have had yep. a wonderful. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He'd look really yeah. great in the island. Yeah, without a doubt. Got the crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who? What about Pedro? Um, he. It's a, a bit of a cheat, but a young Tim Robbins. Okay. A, uh, uh, a hud sucker Tim Robbins. Honestly, you Maybe. mentioned him earlier. I like Gyllenhaal. I was thinking mm. like a, I was thinking like a Hemsworth, you know, mm. something to drive up those tickets out. Yeah, that's a good point. You but need those that, asses, you need the show them the pets. I'm kind of yeah. like Pratt. Or Pratt. Pratt. He does. Pratt. Uh, he gets the religious cells now. Yeah. You know. He oh. does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pratt's gonna be president still still one day. Tickets are rolling in. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. Pratt's gonna be president one day. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I he can see it. He's, he's come. You know, he's yeah, come president. Far enough. He just signed on with the uh, the Schwarzenegger and uh, Kennedy clan. So. Uh, his path is set. Oh, signed on. You mean married? Like, same difference. Uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the bar is sufficiently low. Yeah. Huge tracks of land. So <laughs> other than prophesying the political future. <laughs> Sorry, wrong show, guys. My apologies. Um, what, what, what about Lenny? Any other Lennys? Lenny. Which one is Lenny? Lenny Reifenstahl? The, the, oh, the girl. Herself. The, okay, the yeah. So I, what's her the, character name? I forgot. Barbara Streisand. Uh, I'm a fine Marta. pick. I'm not sure. Gwyneth Paltrow? I'm not sure if she can dance, but uh, I've been seeing a lot of uh, Linda Cardellini lately, and I think I'd like to see her try something like that. She's in that right age range to uh, pull anything. it off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> does it have to be a, a Sinti, a Roma? Do we have to be PC? About oh, it? Jesus. You know, Sean hates this question. There's not enough of them. There's like probably three actresses to pick from. There's got to be some. I, can you name any? No. 
Maybe there's maybe a European. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, I'm sure, oh, but I mean, it's an actress. I'm not going to think of her name, so just move on. <laughs> I kind of want to say the woman from Roma Numi to Rapace. shove it in your face, but I don't know her Numi name. Rapa- no idea. Marissa Tomei. There Tomei. you go. All right. Tomei. Marissa Tomei. 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 Marissa Tormel. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Anybody know who Numi Numi Rapace? Nobody. All right, let's move on. Where we've we've you know. I'm definitely mispronouncing her name. Yeah, you are. George Clooney would have been great in this. He's good. He's good. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart. I just said George. He he is our Jimmy Stewart. I mean, he's the closest we've got. Uh, Ah. Yeah. I I watched The Men Who Stare at Goats the other day. I like that, but I love conspiracies. It's an interesting one. Yeah. Annalise, did you like it? Yeah, I kind of did. Annalise, I want your opinion on George Clooney. Uh Oh. Um, tell what us what think? all women think. Yeah, tell us about the cobbler, Annalise. Tell us about George Clooney. Why do you obsess over the fact that he makes shoes? Because I think that's dope. <laughs> Anywho, Annalise, uh, Clooney. Like as a general, uh, his person. Let's his get the whole picture. Character. A dreamy or weenie? Uh, Actor. I mean, like he looks fine for somebody his age, but he's kind of like, I don't know. I don't really care about him that much. Um, I like his voice very much. The most I think I've ever liked him was, um, fantastic. Mr. Fox. It's exactly it. Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly it. Yep. Yeah. It was a fun one. And it's the only Wes Anderson I like. Yeah. You don't like Royal Tenenbaums? <laughs> fucking hate Wes Anderson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already went through this. Yeah. 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 If, if I wanted to feel awkward, I'd just leave my house. There's no reason I need to pay to see that. Fair. Yeah, understand. <laughs> I like feeling awkward. Do you like yeah. your enthusiasm? I don't um, find his. I, I feel I, like you do. I, 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 I uh, yes. Did you I watch Barry? Enjoyed intellectually. I don't like. I just don't like awkward comedy or awkwardness uh, in general. Did you Did you watch Barry? Uh, yeah, Barry's good. You liked that? Yeah. I couldn't watch it because it was so awkward. Oh, I, really? I, I only I made it like comedy? halfway through the first season. Yeah, that's I the, understand everybody loves it, and I get it. N- it's like, not cringe comedy to me. Like, that's, um, uh, yeah. that That's just dark comedy. Yeah, it's just dark comedy. I, I didn't I think it was awkward. Split, they're splitting hairs. Totally. I suppose so. Well, Something's cringy might be. If I don't know. I found, I found that to be, I, I don't really think Wes Anderson is cringy whatsoever. Um, it's quirky. That's super cringy to me. Yeah, the fucking. He yeah. doesn't like the quirky, quirky. The, when the awkward pause is the joke, to me, that is a writer that just can't finish their thought. They're making, most of the time, the audience is laughing because they are alleviating that tension that you should have been able to fix in your script. I disagree with that entirely. But yeah. uh, you're, uh, please you're allowed to be wrong. Why do you disagree? <laughs> Why do I disagree? I disagree. Oh, I just I like I see wit in it. I you know like it's yeah. it's an understanding of like interpersonal dynamics and like mm-hmm. kind of making a farce of it. You know of how awkward any conversation really is. I'm a little with Tim on that one. It's all about timing and sometimes the gap in the. Yeah, it's just comedy. Oh, sure. Yeah, if it's done right. But most yeah. of the time in most movies, especially mainstream stuff, not necessarily digging on Wes Anderson One Point Perspectives and Pastel Colors are fucking great, Sean. <laughs> Hard to disagree with that. Can't make a movie without scarves. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, it is hipster comedy. It is hipster comedy. Um, so ordinarily we go to Sean for this, but oh, let's go to Annalise. Uh-oh. Um... 
Annalise, you got a background in, you know, how stuff looks and everything. Uh, <laughs> you know, you look at mirrors and makeup I, and I, shit. It's how I view cinematography <laughs> as a yeah, sound yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's just there's stuff that sounds and everything else is just blah, whatever looks like. Throw it on a screen. You know, I just care about how it sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Annalise, um, you know, you respect Lenny, I guess, as a cinematographer. because She's pretty good. I mean, yeah. how did you think this movie... I don't know. Looks overall, does it stand the test of time? Um, I think it looks fine. I don't have like, you know, like watching the beginning shots of like all the mountains melding together. It's hard for me to look at that and see like amazing and beauty <laughs> that like the people that first saw the movie like reacted with, you know. Because okay. any 10 year old with an iPhone. I thought, it was, I thought yeah. it was really pretty and I thought it was like kind of. Interesting for the time. A lot of things were shot on sound stages. Yeah, with, I think know. like for what 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 she had and what who she was and her whole deal. I think it was really pretty. Yeah, mm. because you're you're right. She doesn't really shoot a lot in studios. She does use them, but she likes to go out in the field a lot and be practical. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the mountains were really the star of the film. Yeah, she she goes to great locations for sure, and she's got the misty, the misty smoke coverage. She knows how to do that. Yeah, uh, I thought it was lingering a lot on those shots, though. I I could have used a little less. Really yeah, slow fades oh, too. Man, yeah, real Gosh. slow. It was commercial break fades. Yeah. So like uh-huh. yeah, that uh, that like Saturday morning movie when they're gonna go out to the commercial and whatnot. It's just that like real slow fade and the act breaks and whatnot. That is just. It felt like we had a seventy minute movie stretched into ninety five or whatever it oh, yeah. was. Mm-hmm. You know, could have used a few musical numbers. <laughs> yeah, it could have. Yeah, make them laugh, please. Totally. If anything. Oh God! Why do you hate Donald O'Connor? That movie the- sucked. Fucking God! Annalise, quickly before we kind of move on. From mm-hmm. this, um, would you think you, of singing in yeah, the rain? Yeah, how do you feel about singing in the rain? Have you seen singing sing, in the rain? Singing in the rain. I don't think I have seen. Singing in the rain. Mm. All right, it's a very so, divided topic at this table. Movie blows dicks. We'll have to move on. Just, it's a glorious. You have delight. no joy, sir. <laughs> this is a troll <laughs> telling you you have no joy. That's, That's a kind fair of point. But the movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Disagree, hard pass. Kind of not a song. Let's kind of not. glad I don't it's have to put my sword in the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I thought personally, you know, there was a lot of the camera movements to get back to the you know, camera movements. There was a lot of the dollies that moved into the frame when the characters moved there. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we're moving the camera because we know someone's walking into the frame in this part, mm-hmm. which was noticeable, but it, I thought it was kind of smooth and classy. And after a certain period, I kind of forgot about it and I thought it, went, it was it went, very predictive though so yes. it was like telegraphing what was going to someone's happen someone's entering like, from this direction yeah. exactly yeah I don't know I, I, I did appreciate though I thought it was actually a little bit modern in some of its look and again maybe I, this is again from a sound guy did, do you guys agree it's modern TV so like you swing the camera over to the door when the wacky neighbor is about to enter. You know, it's that like, right. it, it just had that, it had a very television feel a lot because a lot of it was on a soundstage. And when you got a pack of fucking sheep running around on the soundstage and you can literally see the mountains painted like two feet behind them. Yeah. To me, that really breaks any, you know, th- to me that destroys any of the value they got from going to those good locations. So mm. all of those really nice shots to me are completely just taken down by the mm. fact that we're just going to have a a stuffed wolf standing in front of a basically silhouette. What was that? Casablanca? That was the, not Casablanca, but uh, I forget what that was. Oh, Jesus. What was the, uh, either way? Uh, was it, the game? It was something ridiculous. Yeah. But rules I mean, of the game. 
No, it wasn't rules of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, just those, those, those closed in on the, on the, uh, the sound stages, it really just kind of bugged me from everything. Um, beyond that, uh, movie lived in the wides mostly, uh, except for the extreme wide close ups when guys got creepy. Um, <laughs> there is like, I don't, it, it almost started to feel like, that was an intentional shot. Why, why like, they do that? Why the if, fuck are you adding these POVs? I don't get that. I mean, to me, if anything was subversive modern feminism, it was those shots. Just like showing you how creepy dudes are in general. <laughs> there you go. But, I didn't look at it like that. Yeah, I mean. Be, That's be, a fair point. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I can't, ju- can't necessarily say that that was at all the intent of those shots, but that's definitely how they come across today. Yeah. In the moment or when she was making them, my assumption is she thought that, you know, this was the Casanova shot and this was the, the seductive shot. And this was, I mean, because that's how they're used in the movie. So I can only mm-hmm. assume, like, unless she was going for that the really subversion. Is- yeah, yep. she she used it before and after her kind of conversion. Yeah. Movie. So b- before she was when she was disgusted by him. Well, it was pretty much any intense moment with a guy. So they used it with Captain fucking uh, 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 vampire pants, and uh, they also used it with the the the, the yeah. shepherd guy. I, I yeah. there was a moment when she was so she was dancing, and then one of the guys from the audience jumped up and kind of grabbed her, mm. and then we kind of got the musical sting, the, you know, bum, 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 you yeah. know, kind of thing. We stopped the music, and then we turned around and we see the reaction from all the guys, all the men. And we didn't see her until it was just weird. It was like, you know, this is Lenny Riefenstahl. This is her character, it's her mm-hmm. perspective. And instead of getting her being attacked by a man when she's on stage, we get the perspective of the audience of, of these men, of these guys who are leering at her. It's a little uh, you know, the, the disturbing. Fir- yeah, the first time they do that, it is um, when she's dancing, though. So I initially just thought it was a cheat because like when it goes into the real she's like we're watching her dance and then the camera pans over to the crowd and starts going across the crowd and then the music starts getting really intense and everyone gets really excited so you're supposed to be thinking she's doing like the best dance in the world but it's all off screen so my assumption there was that like she just wasn't a great dancer and we're going to show it in the the reaction it could have even been an audio issue it could have been one of those four reels that annalise mentioned that were confiscated by the french Maybe it was a missing taker shot. I thought also at the end when he was literally strangling the bad guy, we were cutting to the crowd. Yeah. We missed that whole climax. Like well, ten, you know, five seconds of that. Strangling was pretty bad. So right. exactly, maybe <laughs> you're just cutting away, cut away from that. Yeah, looks shitty. You know, it's like the uh, the whole um, uh, Spielberg Jaws thing. So you know, the they they wanted to show the shark the whole time, but the shark that was built was shitty and didn't work. So like, they basically changed the entire way the movie was, and it and saved the film. It, exactly. Yeah. So it's you know the yeah. in, in this one, I'm not sure it necessarily saved the film, but. I also wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't infer intent there either True. with it, you know. But, it might just again be the only shots of it. Yeah, I don't think she's like just based on the other choices that she made through the film, like it doesn't seem like she would be the kind of person that would think to uh let the audience think it rather than show it. Based on yeah, just from what I've seen from this work, I would agree with that. Very everything is very superficial, everything is very one note, everything is very like by the book sort of, you know, this is how stories go. So this is, you know, this mm-hmm. is section one, this is section two, you know, this story, we're just showing it to you again. Yeah. I am baffled at this budget and, and mm-hmm. where the money went. 
Where the fuck did the money go? Because it's not on the screen. You know, it's, this is yeah. not a high production Dude, value. Have you, have you ever not. tried to put a hundred sheep you know into really, a soundstage? Well, look at others. You know, look like, at in forty. Look at Casablanca. Look mm. at even Adventures of Robin Hood in thirties had amazing choreography. Yeah. Tons of extras. It was beautiful. It was. It looked good. It, it felt good. It sounded amazing. The sets were way more. Authentic. It was um, order of magnitude production level wise. But the camera wasn't just shaking randomly like it was in this. The, mm -hmm. the gate wasn't fucked up. And <laughs> all the times you were mentioning, there was a ton of like lighting issues. The people were like overexposed. I thought. I don't know. I just felt very amateurish compared to the yeah, and it's Hollywood stuff to going on. Yeah, and I mean, I it might be xenophobic, I guess, to say it, but I mean, isn't that always the trend? Like there is a difference between Hollywood movies and everyone else's movies. Well, at some point, Europe catches up, I believe. It, it, and, and I can't just say Europe. That's a big generalization. I think it depends on the movie and the, and the country and the time period and how much money you're sinking into it, to be perfectly honest, sure. and, and using your money properly. You know, if you're if it's post-war Germany and we're giving money from the Marshall Plan, you know, where are they spending the money? You know, it's yeah. not just, you know, it, or it could be post-war Italy. It could be any of these countries. So it depends. Like, you, know, you could say in 1960, you know, Truffaut or Godard is better than someone in Hollywood, but in you know five years earlier, Hollywood has an edge because of the studio system. So I, mm -hmm. I don't know. It depends where. It's also a five-year production. True. This is an insane idea. This is crazy. This production specifically is crazy. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about that time period when it was shot during the turbulent, you know, turbulent times for sure. And also, Spain was going through a civil war too. So it's not just that, like, oh, we can shoot in Spain. It's away from the war. No, that's why they were run out because the, their set became a war zone. Mm. It yeah. sounds like a Apocalypse Now set, you know, yeah. shooting the Philippines, yeah. and, and you know, Marcos is stealing the, uh, the the helicopters for his war kind of thing. You know, mm. felt like that. Uh, and this felt like a lot of cobbled shots put together. It just felt a little jumbled. The editing didn't seem very smooth it was mm -hmm. just like a lot of overly crazy fades like you said just to kind of make it seem like it fit together yeah mm -hmm. I don't know, felt disjointed and then there was that one hard cut to the birds that I just loved <laughs> when the music cuts out and it just cuts to pigeons yes I love that gotta love it alright we're fading here so I'm gonna bring it on with a game here yeah hit, hit my music yeah Tim come on I need God, you God do your job Hold on, I gotta figure got, out which button it is. You got one job. Gosh, we're rolling a podcast. Um, I love Jesus. Jesus it's not the one. Christ. Give me my intro music. Get your shit together. This is <laughs> the same goddamn music. <laughs> oh, <that's> okay. okay. <laughs> Oscar game. Oh. It's called <laughs> the Oscar picks. This is why Derek now. runs the board. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> we do All better right. every week. Uh, here's another game, guys. Not We're going week. to guess. Yeah, no, Derek, come back. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him back. He's <laughs> Derek, come back. Yeah, he'll come back. We need him. You know, we need his opinions, well, whether they're rude or not. And Damn. Wrong. I just love singing Shots in the rain. I'm, I'm sorry. I love singing in the rain. Yeah, it's a good move. Okay. Let's move it wasn't that good of a movie. These guys are dumb. We're not bringing it up. Okay. Send us in your views, so, your thoughts. This movie's been shot so many years. We were going to do 1954 because that was when it actually was released, but I, we couldn't because we've done other movies from that time. So we're going to use a year that was shot, 1942, the year, the, so we're honoring the films from 1942, the 15th Academy Awards. Here we Ooh, go. 15. We're going to guess the top four awards. Here we go with Best Actor. We got Monty Woolley for The Pied Piper, Walter Pidgeon for Mrs. Miniver, Gary Cooper, The Pride of the Yankees, Ronald Coleman, Random Harvest, or James Cagney, 
Yankle, Yankee Doodle Dandy. I'm going to go Perfect. Cagney. Who was part of the Yankees? Gary Cooper. Okay, I'll take Cooper. Cooper to block. Love Gary Cooper. We're, we're going to watch High Noon soon. What's your pick, Annalise? Cooper. Gary Cooper. The yeah. answer is actually James Cagney. Mm. Boom. Bullshit. I've never seen Yankee Doodle Dandy. Probably won't. I knew it was a big one. I don't know where, where or how I know that from, but like I do know that that was kind of a big hit. Again, a movie based on a song. Yeah, it probably sucks. <laughs> I'm so tired of these music biopics. Okay. Uh, best actress. We got Teresa Wright, The Pride of the Yankees. Mm. Rosalind Russell, My Sister Eileen. Catherine Hepburn, Woman of the Year. Betty Davis, Now Voyager. Or Greer Garson, Mrs. Miniver. Katie Hepburn. Hepburn. Can you read the choices again? Oh, Jesus. Greer Garson, Betty Davis, Catherine Hepburn, Rosalind Russell, Teresa Wright. <laughs> Davis. The answer is Greer Garson for mm. Mrs. Miniver. Wow. Good it. for Greer. Pam Greer? No, Greer. Garson. Garson. <laughs> Pam Greer Garson? Yeah. I don't know. Both of them. Yeah. Congratulations All to three. both. Best director. Mm. We have Michael Curtis, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Oh, okay. We should see it. That's the director of Casablanca and other stuff like that. <gasps> Very famous director. Mm. John Farrow, Wake Island, Mervyn Leroy for Random Harvest, Sam Wood for King's Row, or William Wyler for Mrs. Miniver? Mm. I still go with Miniver. And that seems to be the I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy. He's going Michael Curtis. Michael Curtis, yeah. The answer is actually William Wyler, Mrs. Miniver. Good job. Fuck yeah. yeah. Catching on. <laughs> Good choice. Good job. Here we go with a big one, the big kahuna, as I like Mrs. to say. Miniver. <laughs> Sean's correct. <laughs> now let's, let's go through the whole uh, Outstanding motion picture. We got Yankee Doodle Dandy, Wake Island, Talk of the Town, Random Harvest, Pride of the Yankees, The Pied Piper, The Magnificent Ambersons. Mm. Should, should be Andersons, you know, let's be honest. King's Row, 49th Parallel, or Mrs. Miniver. Jesus, that's a lot. Let's say King's Row. Oh. I think I'm going to stick with Miniver. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the winner. Miniver is the answer. I wasn't lying. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Sorry. Damn. We're going to watch Mrs. Miniver soon. Did I get any of those right? I don't think so. No. Yes, you did. You got Cagney, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Mm, you Ooh. did. Okay. Fucking hero. <laughs> King's Row, we've heard, we sh should listen to because it's Corn uh, Gold who wrote this uh, score. Love Corn Gold. Speaking of corn, what the fuck? I thought corn was an American thing. Joey, what's up with that? Well, they definitely imported it back to Europe by they this brought point. It, they stole it? I think they, so. They, uh, they, they culturally appropriated our corn? The Spaniards? I think that's fair. So and Portugal and Spain, yeah. they took things. Once they figured out they could put their food in a tortilla, they're like, we got to have some of that? I don't know if it's quite that simple. Oh. But yes, let's say yes. Okay. Let's go with that. <laughs> they like tortillas, sure. Tapas, tortillas, one and the other. Basically, you put tapas in a tortilla and you got a taco. Two the same peso. Ugh. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the worst joke possibly offensive. Jesus. I apologize. <sighs> All right. I apologize for his existence. So let's move on. Do you guys have any... We're not going to do any reviews. Derek's not here. So we're going to move on to the errata miscellaneous section. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, any specific moments topics ideas things you want to mention the magic scene which scene are you referring to <laughs> <laughs> love that scene 
Oh, they were doing the card tricks. The card tricks. Uh, <laughs> I actually really that? enjoyed that. Why was that in there? Fucking movie magic. She was showing off how uh, how wonderful her visual effects yeah, were. How bad an effect can be. Jesus now you Christ. see it, now you don't. Yeah, sure. yeah. Except his hand moves and everything moves and yeah, it, it doesn't was, work it without. Was bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, that whole thing was just kind of off-putting. Um, uh, yeah, the... There was a lot about this. I mean, you know, like, I, I don't think that we'd have, you know, that this film would, if it weren't for the era that it was produced in and under and who it was produced by, like, being that it was a, a female filmmaker so early on, this film wouldn't have survived otherwise. Like, it just, mm. it would be another film that we had no idea. It's, you know, it reminded me a lot of Germany's Year mm. Zero, just in the fact that it sucked. <laughs> the, well, the... The one thing I would say is that it struck me that this movie actually could be remade in present day California. Because uh, as we talked about the, or as uh, mentioned off, off mic, uh, the, um, the whole water crisis thing, uh, that is almost a direct correlation to what is going on with the farmers here in California, where they are, basically the state is redirecting the water that flows into those communities and directing it into the cities. So they are literally not allowed to use their own water just as is depicted here by the peasants. And, you know, essentially they're getting kicked off their land because they can't pay their rent and the feudalism hasn't gone away. It's just taken on a new name. Mm. I, okay. Well, I understand that. that. That's a good point. Um, I do agree that there's a lot of American Western themes too. I think it could be. Kind That's of- why I was so confused about where the fuck we were. Cause I thought it was like a fucking, you know, uh, spaghetti Western or something. Well, that's and where Spanish like- Westerns are also shot. They're shot in Spain. Yeah. So, you know, it does have that feel. And she said she wanted a Spanish kind of feel, I think for the locations, mm-hmm. even though it is very German folky style, you know, you mm-hmm. couldn't, I think she wanted to shoot it in the Alps, to be perfectly honest. I think that was the deal. And then they realized it was too dangerous. So they moved to the, there was a recall shoot going on and they yeah. couldn't get it. Yeah. Uh, Either way, I, I want to say one more thing about the portrayals. Uh, I know I'm sorry to sound the, the, you know virtue signaling here. I apologize for something like that. But I think that um, the, the way they're portraying the Roma is like they're mm-hmm. just there to entertain. It's almost like the you know the the noble savage trope, which is you know they're like you know, anytime you honestly go to see a western and you see the portrayal of, of a Mexican woman or a Native American woman, they're always like singing a song or dancing, and that's. Or they're an object of sexual desire, and su- that's about it. I suppose, but to me, it's completely forgivable because they do that to everyone in this movie. Everyone is just a one-note caricature of like what their assigned trait is supposed to be, essentially. I so suppose, I didn't necessarily see it as racist, but not so all much of as them like are just bad writing. I, I agree to an extent, but I think that the one note is particularly sour, if you will. So it's the, a I, specific play on a. Um. Uh. Yeah. A stereotypical trait, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I. I just don't appreciate it. That's all. Mm-hmm. And you see it in westerns too. It's not just like, oh, okay, yeah. is German Nazis doing it? No, it's it's portrayed all over the place. I just wanted to point it out, and it it was annoying, bothered me. That's mm-hmm. all. Especially the idea is to me, it bothered me especially because it's Lenny Reef install. So you have co- creative control again, whatever quote unquote creative yeah. control. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, okay, it's a chance. You know, a woman can really do something special and. We just kind of change the game a little bit. No, nope. just shows you women are just as horrible as men. Oh, they can be. They can be, I suppose. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, one more thing I, I thought that was kind of nice. Uh, the Habsburg jaw. The bad guy had the Habsburg jaw. The fuck? You guys know what the Habsburg jaw? 
No, let us let our viewers in on it. Is that so, like the gunslinger's gate? Listeners. The uh, the big ass jaw kind of is like over the the under I guess that's an overbite. Oh no, underbite, underbite whatever. Underbite rather. It's over like a Jay Leno jaw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually saw Jay Leno today. Really? <laughs> on the way here. He's driving, he's driving a driving the Yeah, he was he was driving some little fucking tiny car. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Sherman Way. Of course. He's yeah. a Burbank driving uh, around. Yeah, his garage is right around here. Yeah. I see sense. him around all the time. Yeah. Well, the Habsburg jaw, <laughs> Jay Leno is an example of, is basically a trait that's passed down by some of the, the kings and, and queens. Oh, is that an inbreeding thing? Kind of, of, mm. of the dukes oh. and the, you know, of the duchesses of Habsburg royalty. So Leno's an inbred. Probably. Well, I don't know. I don't want to Alleged <laughs> the official saying, opinion of this podcast <laughs> is that Leno is an inbred. Well, I did not say he that. He killed Michael Jackson. Anyway, the bad, the bad king, the, the you know, to Don Sebastian has the Habsburg jaw. I liked it. I thought it was a nice touch. Maybe she was just had that by accident. Maybe a lot of German dudes have that. I don't know. Either way, I liked his look for the casting. I thought he really sold it. He was certainly creepy. Creepy looking, you know, he was like a Buscemi type. He just had that look. Um, the hats. Let's talk about some of the hats. <laughs> the tiny sombreros. None of them were good. <laughs> no. They all were- all of the costumes in this movie were terrible, in my opinion. I, I mean, think not out of place for the period. You know, like uh, any period film made in that era. I feel like it was very um, Robin Hood. Like, yeah, I feel like it was more men in tights than period accurate. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. Um, yes, it, it was period. Well, I'm accurate. talking about the period that the film was yeah, made. Yeah, exactly. It was period accurate for their theory on period accurate. Movies. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it was by no means what we would call period accurate. Pedro's hat was fucking stupid. Yep. It all seemed like stuff you'd find in like the prop closet of a church. Yeah. So um, wrinkles and shit. Yeah. Like limp. Damn. <laughs> Can we use that as a drop, please? It's clean. <laughs> Just fuck you know, the, with the hats, man. And why are they turning their hats on their side like that? It's weird. Oh, is that right. a Spanish that thing? No, everybody did that. Mm. That account. You always cock your hat. Does it like mean something if you cock it to one side or the other? It depends on which handkerchief is in which pocket. <laughs> Do you dress to the left or the right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's, yeah. I was about to make that goddamn joke. <laughs> Boom. Done. Yeah, good job. You yeah. went there first. Yep. I went out the window. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought the, the, the costumes were a little weird. I thought yeah, they kind of threw me off. It felt very, very st- stagey. Stage yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. It just felt very staged. It didn't feel realistic. Yeah, I think Tim nailed it with the, uh, the uh, costume closet Rob at a closet. church. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. point. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. All right. Um... I guess that's about it. Do you guys have any other errata you want to talk about? Anything else? Yeah, yeah, you got anything? Well, let's let's talk quickly. If I if you don't have anything else, I got one more. Of course. Uh-oh. Uh The name Tiefland. Tiefland. Lowlands. Tiefland. Means lowlands. Means lowlands. It's mm-hmm. not a playable race in D anD. Aha! That's a really inside nerd joke. Mm-hmm. Get it? It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Adelise, why mm-hmm. do you think she called it Tiefland? Ah, oh, that's a. Um, I don't know. Something about the mountains being a higher and mightier place, or something. Okay. Um. Hmm. I kind of was thinking along those lines. Yeah. They know. they mention the lowlands at some point. They in did. The, they believed in the, in the devils. The yeah. yeah. The devils can yeah, take possession. Like the, the lowlands were supposed to be like the impure area. You know, mm-hmm. like the. 
the Sodom or Gomorrah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that one guy that replaced Pedro told him, like, watch out. Bad people in the world. Definitely had a biblical feel. His Garden of Eden is up top in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah, the sinners are Sodom and Gomorrah at the bottom. Speaking of which, the end uh, boss battle there, um, (laughs) when uh, when he goes down and we see that his hand is bleeding, is that supposed to be a Jesus thing? it could, could have be. been. I, I mean, just it thought seems it was just like a weird connection because he's the bad guy and like not quite as on the nose as, as on the waterfront. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought the good guy got that got stabbed. No, no, no. no. It's it's the it was guy? the well, the good guy. Yeah, yeah the good got guy got stabbed. stabbed. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm on sorry. the wrist. Yeah, Jesus okay. is the good guy, Joey. Well, not for him. For us, Jesus <laughs> is the good guy. <laughs> he's on the oh, other God. team. But, uh, <laughs> I was trying to. Anyway, we're gonna move on. Move on. I'll let that joke slide. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> um, I love Jesus. See, I'm a fan. Yeah. You can't take that away from yeah. me. Yeah, we've got another drop, though. I do think this was super biblical, uh, and it's supposed to be, and I, that kind of bugged me. It's like this is a German folktale of, mm-hmm. you know, the the lowlands are the people where the devil can possess you, mm. and the people on the lowlands were the gypsies, and, you know, and that, that, that was the people, and the portrayal is, this is the shepherd who's above it, and we can take and we can live above it. It felt very weird. It felt like two worlds, mm-hmm. you know, se- you know, second class citizens, basic stuff, classism. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I got that feel from it, and um, the way she kind of titled it Lowlands, I was interested about that. I was kind of like, is she saying that that the Lowlands is, is a nice place to be, or you have to leave the Lowlands? I, I don't know. I didn't understand. It felt yeah. like the movie was saying the Lowlands was somewhere to leave. You know, it was like I I took it more as it's just like the name of the area. So it'd be like calling your movie about New York, Queens or Manhattan. Maybe. Like, you know, it's just kind of like- Well, that's giving just you derivative. The, well, it's, I mean, giving you the vibe of that specific sort of era. And I, I almost feel like she might've thought she was- you know, portraying these people in a positive light. Oh, like, I definitely you know, think she that. was yeah. trying oh, to, mm-hmm. you, you know, what you might call cultural appropriation today. I think she was thinking of as heralding them. And at that time, yes. there was absolutely no way someone was going to let a gypsy star in this fucking movie. So, you know, the closest thing you could do would be to try and portray them as like sympathetically and, you know, um, um, heroically as possible, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. I agree to an extent, but I don't know if this was necessarily synthetic and heroic. In defense of Nazis. Like, <laughs> no, no. But I think you're actually right in, in, to a, a large extent. It just, it was, is the portrayal sympathetic or is the portrayal yeah. offensive? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the part of that problem is it's hard to judge that because of the cartoonish stage play nature of everything. So everything is cartoonish and therefore it's very easy mm-hmm. to derive very sort of yeah. ill intent from what is really just overacting and comes across as a racism. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know what anyone had in their heart at that time. I it's just, tough. It's, 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 it's like looking back at Wagner and yeah. looking at some of the stories and uh, especially some of the operas, you know, the ring cycle, you know, and looking at and saying, okay, was there anything in there mm-hmm. that was like a seed, you know, that led to some of the anti-Semitism or the racism or the bigotry, whatever you want to say later on. And I don't know if that you can point to one specific thing. I think a lot I mean, of this, how- there's it, this it's years and factors and tons of historical ideas that are... Mm-hmm 
mishmashing together in Europe at the time. So I don't know if you can point to Wagner as, yeah. as, or this or that. So and I, not but to, I, but, okay, not to trivialize it too much, but how different is that from the argument that video games are making kids violent or rock music is the devil? Like, you know, it's all in that same sort of... Uh, I think there's a little bit more to it than that because... Some of the Nazis did hold up these examples. Like, for instance, you know, Hitler would put on Wagner, Wagnerian plays and say, this is the example of the German Volk. You know, this is the, you know, the, the Ubermensch, if you will, using Nietzsche, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think there's a it little- It was direct propaganda. It was used properly. I mean, not that Nietzsche signed off on it, but it, it was used. Mm -hmm. And I think it's slightly different in that sense. Well, I mean, how different is that than Brad Pitt being elected the mayor of the straight parade? I mean, There's a leap there. Uh, well, it's it's something that has been associated to him that he didn't ask for or want or endorse. So, you know, okay. if you're making this music and then it is appropriated by Nazis and all of a sudden becomes their anthem, where is yeah, your I think responsibility it's, it's tough to know what's in the heart. Uh, and we're looking at Lenny Riefenstahl here, and it's tough to know, I think, what... How she much was, did she have to do just so she didn't get killed by fucking Nazis? And how much did she believe? And yeah. And I don't know. I mean, she lived to what? A hundred. 101. Oh, really? Craziness. In so we could have just asked a bitch. They <laughs> did. There's a lot. <laughs> mm, um, she defends herself time and time and time again. And it's funny because oh, if she. Said this was like a, uh, uh, she thought this was a sort of redemption. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. but she like she defends all of her actions with the Nazis and everything. And well, she was under the Imperius curse. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so funny because like if she had at any point like shown any sort of remorse or said I'm sorry and like I recognize these specific things that I did, then maybe we could have started paying attention to some of her actual achievements. But I don't know. Mm. But she's she's like all the way to her grave, defended everything, and just said that. She wasn't really involved, but that they were her friends, basically, is kind of what it boils down to. Yeah. Um, okay, so not to tell tales out of school here, but mm -hmm. we did not pay for this movie. Oh, Jesus. Shocking, shocking. Oh my God, I have no one tell anyone. We're going to hell. We um, stole a Nazi movie. Don't tell anyone. But the idea. Uh, but <laughs> what, would you be, Annalise, upset if you paid for the movie? Mm, that's a good question. Or would you pay for it, I guess? Wait, uh, ooh, right. Right. <laughs> You're right, I know, because especially nowadays when there's different re-releases and blah, blah. Well, no, I mean, define that as in, like, I was upset that I paid for Godzilla. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good, great question. Uh, you know what I think I mean, but, you know, uh, for the reasons of uh, yeah. motivation, I suppose. I don't know. Um, if I did have, like, to... if I'd spent money, and I, as long as I know the money's not going to, like, a Nazi regime. Right, okay. You know, I, I'm I'm happy to I spend money. I doubt they the rights. Yeah, right. They still on the Reichs. <laughs> I'm happy to spend a little bit of money Damn, to to have like the historical context and yeah. and have like a piece of history that I can analyze on my own time. You know, so I wouldn't yeah. have minded paying for it, but there's definitely like a very close budget that I'm willing to pay for something <laughs> like that. Nazis only get so much money. Yeah, I'm not about to pay like twenty five dollars for a Blu-ray or something. In uh, I I researched a little, you know, and it saw that in Germany. You, you can't show uh, the triumph of the will unless it's in an educational context. Mm -hmm. I like that kind of idea. And, and some, not that you're banning stuff, what but I like the idea. Of, 
I like the idea that you're adding context, not necessarily you're censoring, mm-hmm. but I, I like they're adding educational historical context. And that's right. kind of how I feel sometimes about the Confederate monuments and that we should put them in the proper historical context. You know, yeah. maybe we necessarily don't take them down necessarily, but just put them in a museum or a proper place where you can talk about them and not well, what do like those glorify. Com- what do those commemorate really? Because those Confederate monuments you know are what? generally Good copper point. You know, I, and hollow because they were put in like after- In uh, the 60s? Yeah, yeah you know, in the 60s. And I, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate in a sense because I agree with you and I don't think they- They're monuments to racism <laughs> for real. <laughs> for sure. And I think, in fact, my point was more kind but, of- you know, Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I would argue that that is also a time that we need to understand and mm-hmm. not something that we should just yeah, sweep under the rug. So, yeah. I think that putting it in the context so you, of a museum is the right choice. Yeah. Or just yeah. swapping the plaque out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just don't turn everyone into Lu- Louise Guzman statues. Well, some statues are Great. are more glorious than others. Uh, also, did you know that if um, you I mean think, like Robert Ely? Yeah, and also if one of the horse's legs I think is lifted up, it mm. means that they died in battle. I oh believe. yeah, yeah. There's some interesting Masonic code. Yeah, shit I feel in like there. that's from the Roman era, and we kind of picked it up. Either way, mm. um, the Masons. I think my point was that I think we should we should look at the uh, how the, the Germans kind of dealt with the Nazis in post-war Germany and possibly apply it somehow to our Confederate memory. Mm-hmm. And we kind of have a weird relationship with the Confederacy. We and it's so much longer than they have dealt with since World War II. So we've had so much more time to deal with it, and we fucked it up so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've kind of dealt with it in their own way. I, I mean, I can you guys can disagree whether it was proper or improper, but I would say that we need to kind of take a more of a lead from the Germans. Well, they... In a sense. It, it was just, it's so different historically, though, um, as I lecture you about the historical context of things. Please. Um, I mean, just the idea that, like, essentially Germany kind of got to pull off the Band-Aid quickly, whereas, like, we took a really fucking long time pulling that thing off. Right, they were forced and to pull it off exact, and reckon with it. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, we kind Kind of, or, you know, everyone came in and said, "Hey, you can't fucking do that no more." Sure. And then everything had to turn that day in the harshest it, bombing way possible. Exactly. Yes, with you know the biggest bombs ever. But well, that was more for Japanese, Japan, but yes, yeah, sure, dressed same in thing. Able, exactly. Equal. Yeah. True. Yeah. The number of bombs sure. versus yeah, yeah, destruction. Either way. Yeah. It is well. Well, that different <laughs> subject, but, I, and I agree with Who's you. Who's derailing who now? I'm Joe? sorry. I <laughs> well, a little of your medicine. There you go. Yeah, no, I mean that, but that is essentially, you know, I don't know what I was saying. Well, I think you were saying. How that, does it feel, Sean? This is where I'm always at. That's where oh, right. I don't mind. It's fair. It's fair. Deflected me. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. Tim, do you have an opinion about how. Uh, I don't know. The Confederacy should be. I mean, you were pretty strong. We should just simply get rid of the monuments. Do you think that we should? Uh, I I, I just think it's a difference in culture, and I mean, it, it certainly has a lot to do with you know the time. Like Sean was saying, that we had to deal with the problem and didn't, whereas Germany had to had to correct themselves right away and like also. Well, we did just in different ways. I mean, Jim Crow was dealing with it like, I don't you know, agree I, mean, well, no, I think I mean, it was covering up it was a reaction to it I mean it's yeah. you know it's this law came I down suppose. and now these people have to figure out how to live under that after you know just being being in a different system well Again, our society still doesn't want to feel accountable for oh, any of this stuff mm-hmm. whereas like Germany absolutely owns it Mm-hmm. They've paid reparations out the but wazoo. Ger- and, again, yeah. 
Again, you know, Germany like, even owned now, it within illegal. that generation, though. Mm-hmm. So the people that actually did the crimes were the ones that were held responsible. When we're talking about American slavery, you're asking five generations removed worth of people to most of whom had nothing to do with slavery in the first place to then be held responsible for those things. It is vastly different ways of atoning for those sins. I I agree. I think it's an interesting point that their population, for instance, can point to say the fact that my grandfather was involved directly, where, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people see her just because the fact that America is an immigrant nation. Not only can they say my grandfather was involved directly in the Holocaust, they can also say that my grandfather went to trial in Nuremberg and went to jail. No Mm -hmm. one that was in, you know, a slave owner at that time faced any of those consequences. Mm -hmm. So we have just kind of push this ball down the road so far that like people that have no connection to it whatsoever are the ones that are basically going to have to foot the bill in one way or another. I also was pointing to more of the idea also the educational way, because we use monuments sometimes as historical teaching, even though it's not the best way of teaching. Well, it's it's one way, whatever. I like, I love this. Don't get me started. I love going to historical monuments, going to museums. I'm just saying that in Germany, they're kind of forcing this education on in the textbooks. They're forcing them to ra- grapple with World War II every day. Mm. I was talking with one of the German professors at our school, whatever, unnamed, and he talks about how he literally, not a day goes by where he doesn't think about it. I'm like, wow, that's I, I kind of feel bad for you in some ways, mm. but it's good. And I think in some ways we need to kind of think about that too in, in as Americans. And maybe you're right. Maybe we're not all personally responsible. Our grandfathers are not responsible, but maybe it is something we need to grapple more with in our textbooks. Mm-hmm. On I daily completely level. agree. Yeah. 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 I think I, it's I, one of the failings of our culture that we, that we refuse to take responsibility for any of this stuff or refuse to acknowledge complicity in it just seems like we're going the opposite direction where we're scrubbing out the civil war in history, calling it, you know, the war yeah. of Northern aggression mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, well, making yeah, I mean, Robert E. Lee look like a hero. Well, even just the other side, taking down the monuments. I don't think either side, I, I am not in favor of burning really any books. I'm not in favor of scrubbing history. I'm not in favor of trying to change any ideas of our knowledge because that's the only way that we can grow. If what we don't a, recognize oh, the, the mistakes that we've made and if we don't continue to uh, to take those on and so should they have left them. the Berlin Wall up? I uh, no, that's not a monument though. That was actually a functional divide. Yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah, certainly yeah. pieces of the Berlin Wall still stand, and they are monuments. Um, you know, there are still we, brick walls that are, or I should say, windows that are bricked in that you know have placards on them and things yeah. like. It's something that you don't want to forget for these reasons. If you do forget it, it is doomed to repeat itself. Sean, I have a question about uh, this. This no, no, it's not hard. <laughs> this movie, where I'm really Triumph of the Will, because I just want your opinion. Do you agree with how Germany treats Triumph of the Will? And that I've they, never seen Triumph of the Will. Well, neither have I actually. Okay. But I know it's like a lot of kind of beautiful shots, like in Olympia. I think that yeah. It's, all you really need to know is that it's supposed to inspire a lot of really radical feelings in people. Mm. It inspired uh, Capra's Why We Fight. You know, it was his whole counter to it. He was like, oh my God, look at this amazing propaganda that they've built. It was based on the 700,000 people in Nuremberg, I think in Nuremberg, or, mm-hmm. or yeah, you know, this big get together. It was these huge shots. My point is that Germany will not show that unless it's in an educational context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So effectively they are censoring it. Yeah. Uh, do you, are you okay with that kind of thing? For instance, maybe Birth of a Nation, you know, mm-hmm. saying that we can't just watch Birth of a Nation unless we have a historical caption or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, are you cool with that? Uh, no, I'm not cool with any legislation around that. Culturally, if you want to make that a thing, 
totally I am for that. Show it at libraries, show it at independent theaters, have context, have a discussion group around it. But to say that I literally am not allowed to watch this movie in my sure. home, that is a step too far. I and I don't think that that is, um, I, I mean, you know me, I'm a free speech absolutist. Yeah. Like that is, mm -hmm. yeah, well, that's a bad term to use these days, but it oh, is okay. the most active. I meant it in a uh, positive way. Yeah, in the <laughs> most un-fucking, uh, yeah, derisive, divisive <laughs> way. Um, but yeah, it is, I, I think that we should be allowed to share information. And, you know, it's like the, the whole YouTube stuff that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. The 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 biggest thing that I think is going to come out of this stuff is when you don't allow these voices to continue on that platform, it is going to do exactly what people are saying and create another platform, which is going to be an even worse uh, sort of snake eating its own tail of people just churning in on this bad stuff. Mm -hmm. So without that context, without the greater context of everything else, if you put all of the bad stuff in one place and then people start going to that, then they just get sucked into that downward spiral and it just gets worse and worse so i don't think i think hidden information makes things taboo and it makes people want to look into it more and it becomes that sort of idea of like i'm doing something that's i don't know i i think you're right to an extent but what depends how you do it like mm -hmm. if you wipe stuff from a history textbook it scares me yeah mm -hmm. and that's hitting in hiding information that maybe people won't get and that's kind of what i'm referring to necessarily maybe a, a, a textbook in necessarily maybe texas mm -hmm. and i kind of want to ask you annalise because i, I don't know a lot about you but i know mm -hmm. you're from the South, New Orleans. Right? Okay, mm -hmm. that counts as the South, I would mm -hmm. say. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> do you experience? Uh, I don't know, g going to school in the South, just like a difference. I I'm I'm a fucking city boy from Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I understand this. I'm a, I'm a Yankee. Uh, we we taught the Civil War in a certain way. Uh, do you experience that in a different way? Like, do you think that? I don't know. Do do you view Confederate monuments? Do you think that they're not teaching it correctly? I don't know. How do you view? I mean, I mean, it's a tough one, but. Um, I mean, I'm, I personally am kind of the one that one of the people like wants them removed. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely want them like in a museum and I want the correct context around them. Um, I know that in my Louisiana history class in eighth grade, there was a lot of stuff that, you know, as I grew up through the years, I kind of realized was missing from that curriculum, you know? What was missing? Um racial stuff, things here and there. Like lynchings and such? Like uh, yeah. I mean, there were mentionings of lynchings, but they were very downplayed, in my opinion. Um, that, I mean, that also goes into how much do we want to horrify children? Yeah. So I remember my fourth grade textbook, they were talking about tarring and feathering people. Mm -hmm. Until I was in maybe my 30s, did I understand what tarring and feathering actually meant? Mm. And that I is, think that specifically is a comedic thing because of cartoons, to be honest. Because mm -hmm. I see it like Bugs Bunny and stuff. Maybe. I mean, exactly. I think I agree with you. When I heard that, I was like, oh, it's cute and funny. Exactly. I, I yeah. didn't realize you're right until later. But I think that's just specific because cartoons have fucked that up but Maybe. I know what you're saying. I agree. But yeah, I don't think that textbooks did anywhere near as good of a job of like explaining that, you know, that time was horrific, not mm -hmm. just a bunch of pompous dudes with weird wigs sitting around and pontificating. Mm -hmm. They were doing like some fucking crazy shit in the middle of the streets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get allusions to that, but we don't get the full picture. And so I think, you know, just the same, like, I don't know how much different your textbooks were from ours. I was in Chicago or suburbs there. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of it is 
still deciding age appropriateness of that stuff. I don't know where that falls. Again, not to defend Nazis or. Well, that's a good question. I mean, do we teach, how young do we start teaching the Holocaust? Obviously, I hope we all agree we need to teach the Holocaust. I think we all do. It's just a matter of when. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth grade? I I don't know. Eighth grade. Eighth grade? It seems a little late to me. Yeah, I I think so. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? I went to I went to a pretty like my earlier education was a better education because I went to school in Northern Illinois as a kid and then I switched mm-hmm. to Missouri for uh, for my high school years I and that it. was that was a world of difference because the stuff in high school like I just I didn't learn anything in high mm-hmm. school I got in a lot of trouble for like just like that's not fucking correct dude <laughs> mm-hmm. to my teachers um, but uh, I do remember learning about the Holocaust in probably middle school. Okay. I wouldn't say I before then. But I, I'm wondering if in Germany they started earlier. Oh, and I'm sure I, they do. And I think they do. I and I like, like we were, that. And I think we should copy it, to be perfectly honest. I yeah. think we should start teaching earlier about racism, our history with it, and slavery, and our history with it, and the Civil War, and Jim Crow, and the whole fucking deal. And the, every year that goes by that we don't teach it is another year that they can get infected by this lost cause bullshit mm-hmm. because they're still watching Shelby Foote and the Civil War documentary from Ken Burns. They're still listening to all this bullshit about the lost cause. It's still all over the place. There's tons of It's Our Heritage, the War of Northern Aggression, and it bothers the fuck out of me. And mm-hmm. it, I think that that's the key is we can't be teaching it or ignoring it. And that's, that's good. Yeah. And I think it's very similar to... Lenny Riefenstahl stuff, or even I, 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 we can talk more about this too because you guys went to film school. Well, this is a film. complicated thing too because, like, if you look at our education budget, like per like as opposed to our GB, GDP, and say how much Germany probably spends on education as opposed to like like their gross domestic product, it's probably pretty different. I They're think also the not allowed reason, to spend you know, any money on bombs. Well, that's fair. That's not true. They have bombs, but th- no, Germany's got well, bombs. only recently. The- Okay, either way, but, the, <laughs> the, but, but I think the deal is we spend our money in education based on district. So you have a wealthy tax-paying district, you get a fucking great textbooks and you get tons of them. Mm-hmm. If you're in a shitty-ass district with ton no money, you barely get books at all mm-hmm. and you get shit and you get overcrowded classrooms and you get shit. That's the huge difference. And in rural Mississippi, they don't get shit. They, they have no choice of what textbook to pay. So the cheapest one they get is from the Texas Board of Education and it doesn't include Thomas Jefferson. Well, Thomas Jefferson's fucked, but whatever. It doesn't include, uh, you know, the Civil War properly. It, it makes Robert E. Lee look like a hero, and mm-hmm. it overlooks all of the Jim Crow era, Reconstruction era stuff. And mm-hmm. that's scary because we, it goes by district. And if your district is poor, you don't have a choice, and you have to pick this one textbook. And if the textbook is not including one thing, you know, about whether it's World War II or the Confederacy, mm-hmm. it's a real fucking damage to each generation after it and it's multiplied because fucking they can't their you know their racism is passed on to the generation next to it unfortunately mm-hmm. you know okay that was such a nice happy note to end on yep. um, hooray for racism <laughs> I don't know do you guys have anything else to say Annalise did I, did I hit everything are we uh, all racismed out here Oh, <laughs> I'm exhausted of the racism I feel like yeah just this topic is tough um, yeah totally it's a it's a good choice though. I like that you picked it because it does bring up challenging topics. Yeah. Um, like and, our first female director. 
That's true. Wow, that's true. true. I didn't Ooh. realize that, but I don't know how I feel about her being the first female director. <laughs> well, you're the first female guest, so you know. Oh, great! <laughs> it brought in a lot of fascism, racism. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, good. Yep. Women are just as horrible as men. I think we've had female writers. We haven't had any female directors. That's true. Um, well, we'll have to make that change, and so th- you know, we'll we'll pick more mm-hmm. female directors, and mm-hmm. obviously, you'll come on, and you don't have to pick another female director if you don't want. Although you can pick nice. anything you want, Annalise. I could, I could pick a female yeah, director we're, that we're is the opposite of Lenny. We're, we're pro-choice, right, Sean? All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, let's talk about our final reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go right to you, Sean. What did you think about this movie? Give me your final rating. Um, this is a two out of five stars. Um Obviously, a a star off for having to read. Um, (laughs) And the rest of it's just not that great. Um, It's okay, and it's definitely something worth watching just for the historical context and, like, seeing what was kind of being done at that time and that place. Um, But, yeah, I don't think anyone needs to uh, give any money to anyone associated with this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a stage play that's kind of overacted and kind of amusing to see for a little bit. But yeah, it's not great. Tim Snow. This movie's this movie's like one of those magic eye paintings from the 90s, mm. you know, Okay. where like you're, you're supposed to see the sailboat. Yeah, it's a schooner, not a sailboat. But you can't see the fucking sailboat. Yeah. I just I, I had a lot of expectation going into this movie. And I just spent most of it trying to to find what to like about it. Mm. Um, I think it's an important film for its time, but I just, yeah, didn't didn't think too too much of this uh, production. What's your rating? What's my rating? Don't you always give a good rating? I... Yeah. Last time it was like three Stooges out of blah 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 out of five Marks. Brothers. I usually give a good rating. You made me go second. I usually have more yeah, time. You fucked him. You're right. I kind of wanted to We've give. We've been through this. Do we have to have this discussion well, on I air again? Think this thing, okay, <laughs> you guys switch seats, and I kind of it fucks with me because I'm a visual. Part. I'm like the T Rex. I based my visions based off movement. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim. Well, well, why don't you? Do you want to come back? We can come back to you, and you can come. No, this movie's piece. just you know it's a, it's a magic eye sailboat painting. Oh, you know what? That was the rating. I apologize. You, you gave us the magic eye painting. That's that's yeah. good enough. It was interesting. You know, More I mean, than oh. enough. That's what I saw it as. His rating is passable. Yes. You give his rating a good rating. Yes. <laughs> as a fan of this podcast, <laughs> Annalise, we can do better than this. <laughs> can we? Yeah, we've done better than this. <laughs> Sure, that's true. Uh, okay, um, I'll go next so I can give Annalise the last word. I will say that um, I this doesn't I'll, usually happen to me. I'll give this seven out of ten. I actually think it's not bad. I, I kind of like this. What did you like about it? Yeah, I, I don't know why. Explain Explain yourself. Find, <laughs> I didn't find much interesting about this at all. It was kind of like an antiquated tale. It, it is. Just, I, I like these antiquated. I thought. Folk I think tales. the. I think it was a great pick for the podcast because it was such a like like a historically important piece, but like as a piece, you know, no, I thought barring the historical problematic context. in many, many ways. I just was on board. I know that sounds weird, but I was just following the plot and kind I mean, of enjoying you know, it along the way. Yeah, so you like singing in the rain. So. Maybe I'm, yeah, you can call me a freak or weirdo. Uh, that's, that's fair. Cause I probably am. But I think that I, it's just a, a solid story. 
I know that it's got a lot of problems, but you know, it's got it's a, a story. It's I don't got know a hero. It's solid. I like Pedro a little bit. I don't know. It's okay. He kills the bad guy. <laughs> I don't go. know why I'm justifying this, it, 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 but let's just think about it on a historical level. It's good to see on a historical level. Yeah. Um, the kids as, were cute. As long as you have it in a proper historical you know, context. If you don't think about it too hard. Well, they were there briefly, which made them special. Just like, uh, just like Clapton's kid. Oh, jeez. That's all right. You shoehorned it. It's yeah. good, though. Yeah, I, I shoehorn them all at this point. It's, it's it, true. I, I appreciate rec- any recurring joke, so I'm on board. Okay. Uh, Annalise, what did you think of this movie? Um, I'd probably give it about a four, um, just because it's out of? 10. Oh, wow. Oh, you, where are you guys going out of? We make yeah. our own scales. Everybody yeah. makes their own scales. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, why, that's why I'm a magic sailboat. <laughs> All right. Well, I give it like a four out of ten, um, just because it's hard for me to like follow older movies, and I actually can like just follow along with it. It's coherent enough as <laughs> a tale, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's it comes across as very silly to me, mm. um, and of course, points taken off because like literally exploiting children that are just going to die. Yeah, I did ignore that. that part. I guess I, I should yeah. take yeah. yeah. any points I, off. Uh, I definitely. Feel like I need to account that into my opinion, but yeah. So about a four, I, I guess. Have you seen this movie before? Um, no, no. I started it last night, but I didn't finish it. Okay, mm-hmm. cheater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were <laughs> bored by it? Um, a little bit, but I, it's it's I can still follow along with it, okay. which is unique for that kind of film. Were you impressed with any of the technical aspects? Um. Not really. No, no, just yeah, okay. No, not in this one. Like if you watch Olympia, there's technical aspects to be impressed with, but yeah, I didn't notice any like big crane shots. Yeah, or anything like that. No, Ooh. I was kind of expecting that. In fact, some of it looked kind of sloppy. It's like where's all the Nazis? <laughs> you know, I was expecting these big shots of Nuremberg rallies and such, and Jesus. it was just some shitty clouds and some <laughs> bad mountains. Yeah. You know, that was her inner emigration. <laughs> Maybe. All right, um, Tim, since you're going next week again, uh, what movie are we watching? So, <laughs> last week we were going to watch Grigory Chukre's Ballad of a Soldier today, and then Derek fucking bailed, and so we had Annalise come on. It was a lovely uh, blessing. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. I'm glad that she came on, but Aww. we're still watching Grigory Chukre's Ballad of a Soldier, because goddammit, we're watching that movie. We will. It's a nice reminder to the audience. There you go. Be another week Tune to watch in. it. Tune yeah. in to tune in for the next heads up on when we'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if we get another guest, we're pushing it again. Yeah, and also <laughs> listen to the British History Podcast. Jeez. Just go oh, ahead and do it. Right. <laughs> have to do that. Why? Oh my God, uh, Jamie Jeffers. Annalise, do you have any other recommendations? <laughs> do you have podcasts that you listen to that you want to recommend? Podcasts that I listen to. That- uh, Annalise loves Just podcasts. Any do you really? general? Yeah, I've got a lot. Honestly, of she listens to podcasts at work. I am all the kind time. of curious. What, what do you listen to? Um, lately, I've been into a new one called Podcast, but outside. Okay. These two boys go, or two gentlemen that go out onto the street, That's and they're boys. <laughs> uh, they're nineteen, so they're fairly young, but. <laughs> But yeah, they go out on the street and they just interview anybody that they come across, which is kind of fun. Um, and then there's Invisibilia, which comes and goes a lot throughout the years. Like they, they'll do a pretty short season and then they'll kind of disappear for a while and come back. But they How focus. You know, <laughs> they uh, they kind of focus on the invisible aspects of our life that like drive us. Um, like ghosts. 
emotional ghost. Um, <laughs> just little things like that. Um, oh gosh, what else? So many more. Uh, I've been listening to stuff from the Fawcast Network recently. <laughs> you have? <laughs> Fantastic. I don't believe you. There are a lot of wonderful shows on the Fawcast Network. What would those be, Sean? Well, some of them might be possibly text before calling. Going down on South going Park. Going down on South Park. Go in. Not going. Go I said in. go in. Go in. There's an apostrophe. Go in. Go in. Go get Go in. There's politinkering. We already said text before calling. Yeah. Literally. 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 Liter- it's only the most popular podcast, Sean. Jesus Christ. Literally <laughs> literary. The most popular podcast on the Fawcast Network. Also defunct. They still keep subscribing. I don't get it. <laughs> Temporarily, possibly. People like books, apparently. Yeah. Books are dumb. I don't get it either. Yeah. This one's on the come up. You know, Glenn Close listens. Oswald, <laughs> Olivia de Havilland. Yes. We have a lot of celebs. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of yours, Glenn. Oh. That's nice. I'm sure she'll let us know that uh, she appreciates that. All right. See you, Glenn Close. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening. All right. Yeah. Don't bother with Ma or Dark Phoenix. Sarah Plain and Tall was really good. Mm.